Thank you for tuning in to the Phase 1 Sports Podcast. In today's episode, we will recap the Super Bowl. What an amazing game. The Phase 1 crew will talk about the big moments in the game, the mistakes in the game, and what could have changed differently. But you know the Phase 1 crew isn't us without talking a little NBA and a little bit of college basketball and somewhat of the draft. Thank you for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed today's episode. Yo, what's going on, PJ? What's going on, everybody? I'm good good on. evening, I'm sports up. fans. What's going How's on, everybody? I'm doing good. I can't complain. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing good, man. Sad that the NFL season's come to an end, but, uh, you know, but yeah, lots of great things to talk about, man. You know, Saeed, I, I, was, I was last night, and then this morning I woke up and I was kind of like, just for a moment, like, oh, okay, it's over. <laughs> oh, it's over. The race yeah, is over. Yeah. I, you I know, got that I kn- until this morning. I knew, I knew we would set up a show, whether it be today or, or, or before we all start getting into basketball to kind of go over everything. But at the same time, I was just kind of like Brandon was saying, I was just kind of like, whoo, okay, that race is run. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at, most she, definitely. Most definitely. You know what I mean? Like, um, Super Bowl was awesome, guys. I know we all can agree to that. We all talked about it in the group chat. You know what I mean? On Instagram. Like, um, it was awesome. It was everything I think everybody hoped for, man. Like, the halftime show was... Was some people say it was even better, you know what I mean? Like, it, it was, it was, it was awesome to see um, Dre and Snoop out there, you know what I mean? Uh, you don't even have to be from the West Coast to understand how what that means, you know what I mean? You have to be from LA to understand what that means. Uh, you know, if you're just a fan of hip hop, you're just a fan of music in general, seeing that was awesome, you know what I mean? And then seeing Eminem out there and and Mary and, and, and seeing, you know, 50 a surprise guests and then seeing Kendrick. That was awesome. I, I definitely think, you know, if it's not the best halftime show in some, in some people's eyes, I know it's definitely up there with some of the best of some people. I know it's the best in my opinion. You know what I mean? Like that I've seen. You know what I mean? I'm, I know I'm only 23, but it's the best I've seen. You know what I mean? So yeah. seeing that was awesome. The game was awesome. You know what I mean? Like I know. Some people thought it might have been more high scoring than that, but the game was entertaining, man. It was back and forth. It came down to the wire. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, I picked Cincinnati, but the better team won. You know, that's that's you got to give credit where credit is due. The best team won. Uh, Stafford, you know, had the two costly turnovers. Uh, well, the the first one was costly, and the second one we thought was going to be costly, but it, it turned out not to really bite them. But he, at the end of the day, he played great. He had a great postseason run. It, it was great. Cup is just Cup probably had the best receiver a year can have. I mean, a, the best year a receiver can have in NFL history. I think a lot of people are saying that right now because when you win triple crown, then you cap that off by dominating in the postseason, and then you cap it off by having a dominant Super Bowl performance, even when everybody know the ball is going to you, especially with Odell going out, and you still do that. I mean, ooh, I just and he's so humble about it. You know what I mean? When they gave him the Super Bowl MVP, it was like, listen. I don't really. I, I forgot the exact words he said, but he was like, "This is a team. Like, I, I'm just so happy with the team. Like, you know, just the right things you're supposed to say." So, I, it was easy to root for either team, man. Like, it was it's so easy to root for the Rams and the players, and it's so easy to root for Cincinnati. That's why I wanted this Super Bowl. I did not want to see Kansas City or 
Brady in it again. I didn't want to see that. I didn't. You know what I mean? Because it's like, okay, we saw that last year. So it's like, it was easy to root for these teams because they Cincinnati never won anything. You know what I mean? The Rams got one, but that was so long ago. That was in 2000. They were the St. Louis Rams. They never won a ring in L.A. prior to them relocating to St. Louis when they went, when they started off at L.A. to begin with. They never won a Super Bowl. You know what I mean? Right. So this was great for L.A. It was great for the franchise. It was just a great game all around. Great entertainment. Um, So now it's time to, you know, give a basketball season and it's time to get ready. NFL season. It's time to start, you know, the storylines yeah. and what's going to happen next. You know what I mean? Because I'm pretty yeah, sure exactly. Cincinnati might not be back, but hopefuls. You know what I mean? The Rams. You know, we talked about this big. It's a lot of uncertainty going around with them right now at this moment. Uh, they'll, they'll definitely be, you know, end the postseason next year. There's no doubt in my mind. But, you, you know, you never know. We might not see these two teams in the Super Bowl next year. So, it's unlikely. It's unlikely. Right? There's no, there's no guarantee. I mean, Marino never got back. Um, so there's a lot to talk about. We want to thank everybody for listening to Phase One Sports. I want to give a shout out to our fans and friends over at DE Sports as well, doing their show right now. Uh, th- everybody, thanks for listening to uh, Phase One's post mortem on that incredible Super Bowl yesterday. Um, as B touched about, probably a little bit low scoring uh, than most people would have originally thought. So, guys, there's a there. I, I don't like boats. My wife loves boats, so I have to begrudgingly in the summer go on a friend's sailboat. And uh, but I learned a nautical term that is awesome, and I and and I'm going to use it for this show and as a as a mantra for myself and all shows going forward. So. If you guys now, Brandon, I know you've seen it in case I know you've seen it and everybody may have. If you've ever seen those big boats coming over, those big ships coming over from China with all the cargo on it. Right. Which oh, yeah. unfortunately, which unfortunately right now, enough of them aren't coming over, which is why prices are so high. But to steer those ships, there's a thing on the back called a rudder. Right. And that rudder is huge because the ship is huge. But there's a little thing on that rudder called a trim tab and it's ever so small so when they want to make a turn we want to make that ship turn they turn the rudder but then they turn the trim tab because the trim tab makes it easy for everything to go in the same direction so that being long-winded as biggie always is let's take a look let's take a look at this game so Coin tour, you know, they didn't on the coin toss, they didn't go with tails never fails. Heads came up. Um, end of the first, we had a seven to three score. Rams were up seven to three. Um, if you guys remember some of that first parts of the game, what were you guys feeling and thinking as you saw this game start to unfold in the first and second quarters? I'll put it out there for everybody and everybody to shoot back on. Oh, let's well, see, I, think for, I think for me, um, what um, my thoughts about the first quarter was, it was it was kind of at the beginning. Um, both defenses weren't giving the offenses chances to be explosive like we normally expect um, the Rams and Bengals offenses to be. Um, I could see the Rams were trying to find some stability in the running game, and it 
it didn't work, and it didn't work throughout the whole entire game, eventually. But um, just to see uh, how both defenses um, came out at the beginning was, uh, was just – it was just an amazing sight to see, and, and it was just um, which defense was going to maybe lose steam the most that would possibly tell you which um, offensive advantage of, the, of, of that. So that's what that's what I noticed um, at the at the first quarter. But um, a big touchdown, um, big, big touchdown um, um, by Odell Beckham and uh, Matthew Stafford when the Bengals went on fourth down. I thought that was kind of costly. They should, I thought they should have just um, lived to fight another series. But uh, they, they decided to take a shot, and they didn't execute. And the um, Rams got an opportunity, and it was a good connection from um, Matthew Stafford to OBJ. Go ahead, so that, Go ahead, Saeed. Uh, yeah, I agree, PJ. I mean, I mean, look, the Rams—they definitely tried to establish the run earlier, you know, in the first quarter, you know, and, and then yeah, pretty much yeah, that didn't work. And then you know, um, pretty much the Bengals, you know, and Rams—you could say both teams were very conservative to start off, you know, in the first quarter. Obviously, Rams running the ball, and then you know, Bengals, um, you know, look, the, look when they when they tried to convert on that fourth and short didn't work and then obviously the Rams then pretty much, you know, uh took another gear and pretty much it. Like you said, you know, great connection there. Stafford to OBJ for the touchdown. But uh you could sense early on um in that game that's that Super Bowl is so important for both teams in different ways. Rams in that win now mode, you know, all of the the future that they traded away, you know, to get all of these stars to come to LA and, and try and win that Super Bowl. And then you got the Bengals on the other side where, listen, it's a fairy tale run. Um, you know, I mean, listen, who knows if the Bengals are ever going to be back here again? I, you know, I doubt it just because of the AFC, you know, just, just the talent, you know, <laughs> how the AFC is already stacked up talent-wise and just the depth there. So, um, you know, both teams knew that, you know, this realistically was their only shot winning the Super Bowl. And you saw nerves early on. You know, like teams are trying to like, you know, both teams are trying to like play mistake-free football. Um, and then, you know, pretty much as we head into the second quarter, you know, I think, you know, you started to see a little bit more of an aggressive approach, um, which, you know, led to, you know, the second half being, you know, quite frank, frantic as it is. Yes, it was a low-scoring game, which I, listen, I actually predicted before, you know, that it was going to be a low-scoring game. I said this game was going to be dominated by, by both defences. Um, you know, obviously Rams' defense prevailed just a little bit more. Um, you know, and we'll get uh, we'll get into the second half a little bit later. But but you you sensed in the first first quarter, in the second quarter, just the entire first half that both teams, you know, trying to play mistake-free football. Um, uh, you know, obviously for the Rams, luckily um, that that pick towards the end of the first half wasn't costly, and especially that second pick, which you know. Um, Look, Stafford again, yeah, threw a very low ball, but the receiver that number eighteen, I forgot his name, but he was he was a backup. He came in for OBJ when he had that, you know, uh, that brutal knee injury, which is you know turned out to be an ACL, which you know OBJ believes. So uh, yeah, that that one there, that could have been a very costly pick, you know, just in terms of the moment of the game. So um, yeah, 
you sensed it early on. Both teams came out a little nervous. Um, yeah, it was just about who who would finish the half a little bit more stronger and going into the second half with that momentum. Good points. Now, now, King, let me ask you this question. You got to be feeling good if you're both teams. OBJ comes out looking really well, making some really nice catches, right? Gets that nice touchdown. Cincinnati's playing well. They're not overwhelmed at all by the big moment and playing against the Rams in the home stadium. So they get a field goal out of McPherson. So the first quarter ends seven to three. I mean, you, you got to feel good if you're both teams. You got to feel good if you're, if you're both coaches. I mean, you, you feel you're feeling good enough so that when you get into the second quarter, um, the Bengals decide to go for it on fourth down at midfield, which in hindsight didn't look like the greatest call. But I mean, after the first quarter, you got to feel pretty good about how these teams are both playing King. Yeah, of course. I mean, um, I forgot the player's name, but number 50, the whole game, he made impacts all over the field for the Rams, right? Like sacks, um, touchbacks, oh, not touchbacks, but sacks, disruptions, causing, you know, confusion all over the place. He was definitely doing this thing. And the the injury to Odell Beckham made it so it wouldn't be a blowout because I feel if Odell never got hurt, the score definitely wouldn't have been as close. That's point. But, yeah, but at the same time, I do want to give claps and kudos to the defense of the Bengals. Yes. I don't know what happened with those guys, but they, they stepped it up. And another thing I want to do, can we not kill Eli Apple? It's not his fault that his coach, his defensive coordinator, and his coach had no common sense and didn't want to actually – put another defender over there knowing that Great Odell point. wasn't there anymore and bracket him. I mean, you left him on the island. And two, Sean McVay learned the main thing I think we were talking about for a few shows. Adjustments. Because guess what happened? The minute he realized all he had was Cooper Cup, he started moving Cooper Cup all over the place. He said, you guys want to double team him? Okay, find him. That's a great point because there was Brandon coming right behind me. There was a that's a great point, King, because there was a third and three after OBJ had already left the game with his injury. And the Rams running game, I guess, depending on how you look at it, you could say it was effective, I guess. But that third and three play, they put Cooper Cup in motion. And God bless my wife. She's a great football fan. They put Cup in motion. And my wife looked at me and said, they're going to get him the ball while he's running around back there. He's the best player they got right now. And your point is spot on. They made the adjustments. One of the nicest things I think about this whole football game, when you look at it in retrospect, is after the injuries, the big players, the players that the Rams sent three future first-round draft picks for, the players that they bought in, those players came through in this game, but when it really mattered, when the chips were all in, it ultimately came down to Cooper Cup and Stafford. Oh, for sure. And Stafford with that no-look pass, I think people forget that he was doing that when he was in Detroit. It's just we didn't pay attention to it because it's Detroit. But him making that gutsy call, 
definitely will help out. Another thing I want to put out before I let everybody else go on their tirade on this. Listen, I understand the rake across Ramsey's face should have been called, but the makeup call that they made on number 54, when it was clear as day it wasn't whole, it wasn't past the defense. 55. It ruined the game for me at that point. Because it was a makeup call at the wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah, I, I agree. 100% with that call on Logan Wilson, 55. I was, you know, that was a dopey call. I didn't like that. You know, especially at that moment, you know, in the game, you know, it wasn't a great call. But even then, the face mask, pass interference there, like, that wasn't like that. That was pretty... That was a pretty, like, you know, it wasn't a great, <laughs> I mean, it wasn't great for the ref there. I shouldn't have missed that call, you know. But uh, other than that, really, like, it hasn't, wasn't, uh, other than that, I know apart from those two calls, like, it was, uh, you know, the, the refs just let the players play the game, you know, for the most part, which was a good thing. Yeah, I think, so. I think, you know, Saeed, you're right, because I think there were actually only six penalties called last night. Only, mm-hmm. yeah, I think there were only, I think there were only five accepted. There were no reviews. There were no challenges. Um, so that is, there were some really, really questionable calls, but that'll happen. You know, I mean, as the emotional part of the game kicks in for me, the the, the Logan Wilson play, um, that amount of penalties at that time of the game in, in within the 10-yard line to me was just almost ridiculous to watch the yellow flags coming out. Uh, just I, I, they just didn't let them play. I don't think at that point in the game where I think they should have just let them play. You know, yeah, um, then, like, when you look at, okay. when you, go ahead, yeah, I, I just wanted to, I just wanted to ask. You know, I don't, I don't disagree with what, what everybody is saying, but would you, could you argue that, especially with what Cooper Cup has done this season? We always talk about how certain players get certain calls their way. Could you say that um, Cooper Cup got that call because of what he's been doing and um, the impact that he's had this season? I think that's I think that's part of the reason why that call, that call went um, went his way because of the fact that of what he's been doing this year. Yes, PJ, I would say that, but I also would say PJ that it was like. 54 Wilson, Wilson something. He he was a demon the whole day. Let's not act as if that guy, that was the only play where he made something happen. He was 10 all tackles, over the field. 10, 10 tackles, eight, eight solo tackles. And I'm going to tell you guys something that I did today that in 40 years of being a football fan, I never did. I sent an email to the Bengals that they told me they'll forward to Logan Wilson. That was actually one of the best performances that I've ever seen by a linebacker in only his first or second season. He was a third round draft choice last year um, for the Bengals. And I actually sent them a nice email telling him that that was one of the best as a giant fan. And Brandon can attest if you're a Giants fan, you know something about good linebacker play. Um, if the Bengals would have won this game, I was joking with my wife, but I was heartfelt serious. I would have honestly thought about maybe giving him the MVP because he led that defense, man. He was all over the place. 
No, absolutely, yeah. absolutely, and right. that's that's my whole thing. That's what I'm saying. Like, 55 is everywhere. You know, I'm sitting around with you know family and friends. Um, you know, last night talking about, I'm like, yo, 55 is everywhere, man. You know what I mean? He he's everyone fell from um the first play he made his you know the first play he made his impact on the game. Um, I agree with PG and King on that. You know, sometimes certain players just get certain calls, even in bad situations. You know what I mean? Like Tommy, you know, situations. You know, uh. You know, crazy. You know what I mean? Like the most important situations, they get timely. They just get certain calls. Um, because I think if that's Van Jefferson, that probably doesn't happen. You know what I mean? But you know, uh, congratulations to Van Jefferson. By the way, he had his, he had his. Uh, yeah. God bless. Um, yeah. God bless. Uh, but you know, just I think certain players. But then it does the same time. I get what King is coming from, and and same thing with you, Biggie. Like that call right there was unnecessary. You know what I mean? Like. Okay, y'all missed the the T Higgins the T Higgins was grabbing Ramsey the first play out the second half on mm-hmm. offense. You know, y'all missed that with it. Then you know you decide to sit there and call that one towards late in the game. Like, like that's the only thing like I said. It was a clean game as far as only six penalties. Um, and normally most of the time playing Super Bowls is normally the referees let the players play and stuff like that. But I think the NFL and the refs they gonna have to figure out. So they gonna have to have a type of um. And I'm pretty sure they've done this, but they really need to do this in the offseason in terms of, like, certain certain things that they do sometimes because it's really annoying as a fan. And obviously, if, you know, you're, you know, a player on the team, it's, it's, it's really annoying. You know what I mean? So uh, I just didn't like the call. You know what I mean? I thought he was rarely touching him. I mean, yeah, there was some contact, but he didn't really hold him like that. You know what I mean? So yeah. I thought the one – but to be honest with you, another one – I was watching Skip and Shannon this morning. The one where uh this was early on, this is when the Bengals was about to score. The day first possession, you know, like well, it must have I don't know if it was the first or the second. I think it was the second. But um it might have been the first, I can't remember. But anyway, Jalen was holding Higgins jersey. That was the play where it looked like both of them was about to come down with it towards the end zone. Yeah. And if you look at that one, Ramsey is holding Higgins jersey because Ramsey got beat. I told people outside that one play that he had when the Bengals decided to go forward on fourth down, Ramsey had they was getting to him like people oh, was they getting were cooking by him. him. Ch- yes. Chase cooked him first. And yeah, then Higgins started cooking him. And then Boy, <laughs> yeah. I don't know why. I don't know why Boyd Boyd didn't drop a ball pass all didn't season. Drop a pass all season. all season. And then he and drops the one that. time that they needed him to catch the dang ball. He drops it. Drops but, it. too busy. He got you know because he knew he was going to get hit. And see, when you're, they tell you, when you're a receiver coming across the middle of the field, man, that's what make you know cop and a lot of these you know Robert Woods and stuff like that. Odell, like those receivers that's able to take those you know chase. You know what I mean? Like Boyd, like you said, he hasn't dropped one all season. You know what I mean? And then yeah, he too busy looking like he because he know he's about to get hit. You know what I mean? You too busy looking at the hit. catch the ball because then therefore okay you might not have got the first down because you probably would have got hit right then and there. Hold on to the ball, you go for it right then and there. You fought the one. You know what I mean? That's, I that's also thing, thought Mason should have been involved more in this game too. They talked about oh, that. Sure. Uh, yeah, he should have been. They, they, they should have kept running the ball. Like yeah. they, they were having success with it, right? And and that's the thing too about the Bengals defense. They completely and utterly shut down their run. But one thing I definitely want to state, though, is even though I say that that call with number 54, Wilson, was uncalled for, every other penalty after that, I don't argue with Mm -hmm. because it was clear. Well, that play, the the one with Wilson, though, that was like towards the end, right? That was the Rams' last – I think that was the last penalty that was called in the game, right? No, it wasn't. That was the first one. 
And then after that, remember there was the hit to Cooper Cup when he was in the end zone. Then, oh, like, yeah, then yeah, Eli yeah, Apple yeah, had a yeah, pass yeah. defense. Oh, yeah. So that's yeah, what I'm saying. Like the, the the one with 54, cool. That one, I'm like, I don't know about that one. Everything else, because remember when that penalty happened, it was it third was third and, and eleven. Right. It was third and it was actually yeah. it was actually third and eleven. Okay, yeah. So you should have those third and eleven. And then all of a sudden they put them on the goal line. So like for people who don't want to say that the NFL is fixed, it's hard not to look at that. And see, see the people with the like temporal hat yeah, yeah. and, and not like kind of roll with them a little bit. Do you know what I mean? Because, because they it's let like... so much other stuff slide, and all of a sudden now it's the last play. Like, and it's they're at home. They're yeah. at home. It's LA. They got home cooking right there. And I'm not taking nothing away from Cooper Cup. He deserved the MVP, but I think he deserved the MVP for the season, and the MVP should have went to Aaron Donald. Yeah, because I'm telling you, the, the third quarter, after the third quarter, <laughs> that guy marched hard. And here's, the problem, that and here's the problem with that, guys, is that when they vote on the MVP for the Super Bowl, they actually vote with about six or seven minutes left yeah. to go in the fourth quarter. So mm-hmm. they they got to see Cup's two touchdowns, but they didn't they didn't their vote didn't essentially count when Aaron Donald just absolutely balled out like it was nobody's business. And yeah. and unfortunately that's something the NFL is gonna have to look at because I really don't think there's a there has to be a rush, right, to get these guys announced. I mean, there's gonna be enough time for them, you know, winning to have post-game press conferences and and go on ESPN and Fox Sports and all these other channels. And I agree with you, King there no doubt that Aaron Donald was the MVP of of this game. And that's, and that's again, what it came down to all the injuries, the Rams are at home. They're on the ropes. And what I love the most is it came down to the three pillars of that franchise in Stafford in cup and Aaron Donald. And I just think they did Donald wrong by not giving him the MVP. And to both quarterbacks, to both quarterbacks, they're tough as nails. Because I don't care who you are. When I see what happened to Matthew Stafford's ankle, I say, Jesus, peace. And then when Mm -hmm. I see what happened to to, um, the boy there, my my boy uh, Joe Thurow. Joey B. What what happened to his knee? And the way he was screaming, I'm like, God dang. Don't let this be what it is. You know what I'm saying? Because it really came down to defense. At the end of the day, people can say whatever they want about this game. Once Odell went down, it was whose defense was going to come in at the right time. Yeah, that's, 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 that's a I good felt. point. That's a good point because, like you said, defense, like I said, this is a defensive game, man. Um, defenses both played well. Aaron Don- And I kept saying this. There, there was a certain point where I think after that touchdown that bro threw to Higgins, they had five drops after that, five possessions. Punt, 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 and I believe another one was a I forgot what the other like. Well, yeah, they, they just they did not do it like they could not because they didn't Cincinnati didn't turn the ball over, but it was punt, 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 and then like a three and out. Like it just they did not do they couldn't get anything going. Like the Rams defensive line, Donald Miller, they just got stronger, and that's the thing about them. They get stronger, they get better. 
as the game goes along. And we already know what system needs to address in the offseason. The elephant is already in the room. We knew this after the – they knew this <laughs> after the season because they were basically saying, like, give Burrow and the Bengals – Burrow credit because he's the first quarterback to get sacked 50-plus times in a regular season and still make it to a Super Bowl. Most quarterbacks, right. you get sacked 50 times. You're not you're not making a postseason sometimes. You no, know what and, I mean? So, and, you, and, you, and you heard a lot of worry yesterday after the game from the press – that they don't want to see what happened to Andrew Luck happen to Joe Burrow. Yeah, happened to Joe Burrow. all the sacks. Right, with they, all the they sacks. Get that now, now, here's an interesting thing looking forward in, 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 into next season. And and I do – listen, we Brandon, we, t- we talked about a lot of things on the show yesterday morning. And two of the things we talked about, one was that we were, we were all in agreement that Jalen Ramsey's head – was kind of not in the right place. And I think this game showed out that that was a correct assumption on all of our parts. But we also talked a little bit about having that young quarterback in his window where he's super cap friendly. And we talked about Cincinnati being the Tampa Bay Devil Rays of football, which they are. But here's an interesting thing as far as I'm concerned. The Bengals are $40 million under the cap for next year. And the Rams are 400,000 over. <laughs> so it's going to be interesting. And listen, we all, they, you know, these capologists know way better than we do. Whatever information we get, we just regurgitate from what we read. But it doesn't take a genius of a fan to figure out that if the Bengals were there this year and they're 40 million under the cap going into next season, that they're going to reload this team in many ways. And it's going to be interesting to see what the Rams do. Now, King, you talked about a point that I really think was the biggest glaring misplay of coaching in this game on the Bengals part yesterday. And that was with how they used Joe Mixon. They only gave Joe Mixon the ball 16 times, but they got rewarded because Joe Mixon gave them 85 yards on 16 touches which is almost 4.7 yards per carry. And when they were blitz and then when they were blitzing, Mixon's a better blitz pickup. And, and now if he's in there, you got to worry if he's just going to stay in and pick up that blitz. Is he going to be the five average a yard runner? He is in that game. And I know it might've been a weird angle last night at the end of the game, but my gosh, it looked like if Samaji P Ryan at the end of the game, when Burrow just tossed that ball up, if P. Ryan had turned his head 0.2 seconds quicker, the ball only looked like it was two feet away from him. And I'm more apt to think that if that was the case visually, that a pro bowler like Joe Mixon would have made or made a much better effort on that play. I, the, the Bengals laid the egg in not running Joe Mixon more in this game, especially when he was so effective for them in the running game. Here's the thing, though, Biggie, right? And, and here's where, like, I have to push back a little bit. I don't sure, care buddy. who the hell was running that ball. Aaron Donald was not letting him get the first down. Listen, he had his right hand on the lineman. Oh, yeah, you're he right. Blo- he blocked his path. Then when he got close enough, he took that same right hand, yes. slid it down, grabbed his hip, and then put his other hand. Do it. I'm telling you, like, he 100. just turned into a monster for that last 100. 10 seconds. He was you know like the saying? Hulk. He he was like yeah. the Hulk on the field. He was like he was like that great line that the Hulk gives in one of the Avengers movies when they say to the Hulk, "Hulk smash." <laughs> yeah, I I love the line where they say to the Hulk, 
shouldn't you get angry now as Bruce Banner is walking away and he looks back and he says, that's the secret. I'm always angry. And then he turns into the Hulk. <laughs> and that's what Aaron Donald did in last night's game. My thing about Mixon is I just think overall throughout that, I think that if they would have gave the ball to Joe Mixon 26, 27 times, 10 more times than they gave it to him in that game, we could have seen a little bit of a different outcome in this game. Mm, yeah. And I feel like they should have, um, I, I was a little surprised that there was a lack of screen, like screen games. Yes. Like, you talked sure about the, good points. I you because you, you, you spoke about that. You spoke about that in our, in our second part of this series that we put together. Yeah. I mean, about, that's something that you mentioned that. Well. That's something that they did very well throughout the season. You know, was the short pass screen games, the dump offs, you know, like to, to Joe Mixon and Samaj P. Ryan. I mean, Samaj P. Ryan scored the touchdown against the Kansas City Chiefs off of that one, off, I think, off of RPO play action. So, uh, you know, you got to look at that and you say, like, I mean, how, how in the world did they not use those packages a lot more? You know, I mean, I get, yes, the Rams' <laughs> defensive front is, I mean, is, 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 is elite. I get that. But I, it, to me, at times, it just felt like their offense was one-dimensional in this game. Like, it's either they would hand the ball off, you know, to Joe Mixon, you know, or, like, they'll just, you know, they look for T. Higgins and, and Jamar Chase for the big plays, which, listen, don't get me wrong, they, they connected on a couple of occasions, those big plays which led to those touchdowns. But, like, just down the stretch, it, was, it just the Rams knew. They just figured out what the Bengals were going to do on offense. You know, hence why they put a lot more pressure on Joe Burrow and that off and that Bengals O line and not giving him any time. You know, um, you know that's something I was a bit disappointed in the Bengals offense. You know, because you know, especially in that second half, the Bengals offense has come alive in, in the second half in these playoffs. You know, yes, those games that they've won were not high scoring, but the offense came when they needed to 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 come right. So. Um, yeah, like uh, I was a bit disappointed by the lack of like variety, and the you know I was just disappointed by the lack of different looks. They didn't didn't show, didn't give the Rams, um, you know, different looks um, in their, within their offense, right? So a little disappointed in that. Um, I would have liked to see yeah Joe Mixon have the ball a little bit more, um, some R J P Ryan as well. Um, but uh, I mean, look. <sighs> Yeah, I mean, you can say CJ Uzama, but he's you know he's been carrying a knee injury. Obviously, you know, had that knee injury in the AFC Championship game. So, and uh, you know, Joe Burrow, I'm, I'm pretty sure he was banged up. You know, like Brandon said, he's been sacked like 50 plus times this yeah. season. You no, know, like for a quarterback to get sacked that amount of times and still get it to a Super Bowl is miraculous. Uh, um, so, listen, I, I said this uh, on the preview, um, and I also said this on Cover Zero with my with my guy PJ. Um, that the, look, the Bengals are coming into the Super Bowl banged up, you know, and I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, uh, that we, we start to see tired legs. And it's not just tired legs in this game. It's, it's you know, the tired legs that they've been carrying throughout, you know, the season and, and, and this postseason, you know. It just looked like, to me, the Rams are a little bit more of a fresher team. Even though Rams had injuries of their own, but, you know, like the Bengals right. online must have been jacked up. And, um, and Joe Burrow, same thing. You know, I don't know how many times he got sacked, but he got sacked a lot, you know, six, in that game. Six or seven, six or seven last night, Brandon, he got seven, sacked. Seven, seven, seven. I mean, he got sacked nine times against the Tennessee Titans, you know, and he somehow pulled out that victory, 
right? And the reason why they pulled out that victory, the, the Bengals, was because Ryan Tannehill pulled pulled off an absolute stink of a performance. You know, uh, listen, I said if, if Matthew Stafford can can play his game, right, and limit the mistakes, which you know, he, you know, yeah, through two interceptions, but obviously, you know, like it didn't, you know, luckily it did prove to be costly, you know. Um, in the end, and you know, I think you know it's just too much. I know the game was close. I know it was twenty-three and twenty, and it was a low-scoring game, which I I always thought it was going to be a low-scoring game. But to me, like even when the Bengals were up, you know, I just knew in that fourth quarter, Matthew Stafford's just going to put just going to put up this one really good drive together, you know, and take the, the Rams down the field, you know, despite not having OBJ, despite Cooper Cup being doubled, you know, I mean. Yeah, Matthew Stafford, man. We've 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 uh, criticized him a lot, you know. Not just these, uh, not just in the regular season, but even like coming into these playoffs. And he's been he's been lighting up in these playoffs, you know. Uh, he's a playing. Hall of Famer. He's a Hall of Famer now, right, Saeed? Uh, <laughs> I, no, I wouldn't say he is. I still think Ooh, he's way Ooh, yeah. okay. okay, we'll leave yeah. that for another show. We'll, we'll leave, leave that one we'll for another that. show. Hold on, wait, 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 wait. Go ahead, well, B. Well, I'll say he is. I ain't gonna leave. I, I do show. too. I say he is. No, I think people being a little bit too. No, because I think, I think you have to. I think because I think I think you have to look at his career stats. Let, now, wait a minute before we, you know, now we, like I said, we ain't gonna have no whole debate about this. You know what I mean? We just going like I said, me personally, I I think he is. Um, Sorry, I, I missed this. This Hall of Fame. Listen, no, listen, so, no, wait a minute. Not, wait. He's never made it. He's never made an. Old, he's never been an old pro, right? Okay, he's only Ooh. made one Pro Bowl, not even an MVP, right? You know, you, you look at the accolades, you know, like I get the stats core, but like it's not just statistics, it's other layers to it as well. You well, know, me, PJ, let me interest this... you. In... He's 30, okay, he's 34. So, Stafford got it. He, I think, depending on health, we, we don't know about health, but we, we're going to say Stafford plays a few more years, a few more years with the Rams. He's got. He already. He's gonna play out this contract. I'm not saying he has no chance. No, wait a minute. Let me finish. Let me finish. He's not there yet. Let me finish. The few more years, the Rams are gonna give him a contract extension this upcoming season. So he he got a few more years. Who? Let's just say that he wins um, another Super Bowl. You know what I mean? Because when you look at the NFC, the Rams can be like I said. Now, obviously, we we just talked about this. We don't know if the Bengals and Rams are going to be back there next year. It's more highly than not, especially the Bengals with the AFC. But when you really look at the NFC, nobody's coming out the Super Bowl in the NFC East. I'm sorry, that ain't going to happen. When you look at the NFC North, um, Green Bay. You know what I mean? It's always the case with them. Uh, Minnesota, I, listen, I'm just not a big believer in Kirk Cousins. I don't care who they get a head coach. I'm just not a big believer in Kirk Cousins. I've been saying this. When you look at the NFC South, now we'll see what happens with Tampa at the quarterback spot. I think if Tampa can get a Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson or something like that, now we're talking, you know, maybe we might be talking a little differently. Um, but everybody else in the NFC South, I still think the Saints got a little ways to go, even if they do get a quarterback. I, we'll see what Dennis Allen, how Dennis Allen is as a head coach. And then when you look at the, the rest of the NFC West, the really clear-cut team right now, obviously San Francisco made the NFC Championship game, but we don't know about Trey Lance. I think it's easy to say, to say that the Rams could get back more than likely Cincinnati. I just think Stafford has a few more years to actually p- pad on his stats. He's close to a 50,000 yards. Uh, he'll have what um, over 400 touchdowns. He has the one Super Bowl to prove it. 
Now I get what you're saying, Saeed, about the whole, the whole all pros and stuff like that. Only made probably I don't even know if he's made only one pro, but it might be more. I'm not sure. You got yeah, one pro bowl, so he he played on Detroit for a hundred years. That's what I'm had, saying. So and, a lot and, of people, and had nobody there to help him be an all pro. Right. So that's what I'm saying. Like people sit there and bring up the whole oh we had Megatron. People got to stop doing that, man. He had Megatron, but I'm we talking about the team. Like it, it just goes more to just having one weapon. Like Detroit got to people got to understand that Barry Sanders and Calvin Johnson retired early. Calvin Johnson actually wanted to get traded, but Detroit did not want to trade him, so that's why he retired. Now nobody told Megatron to sign that contract, but it was a lifetime. It was a big contract. You know he's not gonna pass up on no money. You know what I mean? But he wanted to get traded, so people sit there and say, "Well, he shouldn't have signed." Whatever the case may be, but the point is, your career is dying, Detroit. Like that's where you go. To, you know what I mean? Your career is dying. You know what I mean? So I'm seriously, that's how it was with that's with Cleveland for all those years. Jacksonville, yeah. you know what I mean? But I just think that being in Detroit for all those years, I, like I said before, I me mean, personally, like I'm not gonna sit there and say Stafford is gonna be some some top ten quarterback all time, top five. Nobody said that. You know what I mean? Maybe, probably not even top twenty. But what I will say is he's he has a good case. Winning the Super Bowl, having the postseason run that he had, having the regular season that he had, and then having those stats to pad along. When he was in Detroit, and he did have three playoff appearances, didn't win a game, but he had three playoff appearances, he was the only reason why you watched Detroit. You know what I mean? If you even paid attention to him, unless you're from Detroit. So it's like, I think he got a chance. I'll say that. He got a chance to ask we'll see. people. So he's got a chance, but like, I don't want to. I, I don't want to be this. You know, I don't want to, we'll but that's actually where I'm going. Saeed, that's exactly Saeed. I love you because I was just going to say, I, didn't, I don't want to beat this to death because I want to recap just the second quarter. But uh, Saeed, I was actually going to go right where you're talking about. So, and, and this goes to Brandon's point. If Stafford signs a new three year deal, and let's say with the Rams, he throws for 4,500 yards in those each season. So that's 9,000 yards. So that's 14 more thousand yards. That means he'll be over 60,000 yards passing. And let's just say he keeps the one Super Bowl and he keeps the one Super Bowl. He'll have 60,000 yards passing. He'll have a much lower interception percentage than Eli does more touchdowns than Eli does and a far higher accuracy rating. So, now we know Eli's going to the Hall of Fame. And that's where, I, and that's, and, and Saeed, I love your point, and I'm not saying it's right or wrong, because this is a great discussion to have within the Super Bowl as it pertains to the quarterback who won the Super Bowl. If Eli's a no-brainer, which in my book, and it's not just because I'm a Giant fan, but I won't say there isn't some part of that in this decision, but in my book, there's no doubt that Eli Manning's a Hall of Famer. But the two Super Bowls were that magic that happens in a Super Bowl and the teams that got put together. But if my life was on the line tomorrow for a football game and, and, and the players were even, I just had to pick a quarterback, live or die. I'm picking Stafford over Eli for one game. Oh, yeah. Now, yeah, now, sure. now what, I, what, what I would say is this, like my thing is, and then like, even with the Dan Marino thing, Marino don't got one Super Bowl. He only been to one. Now, we know he's a Hall of Famer, and I'm not saying Stafford is better than Marino or whatever the case may be. Some people sure. will say Marino's a top-five quarterback of all time, and rightfully so, even without a ring. You know what I mean? Now, my top-five is, you know, we can always do a top-five quarterback show or whatever the case may be, another time period. But people would say Marino is a top-five quarterback of all time, definitely top-five in arm talent. 
You know what I mean? But Stafford has a chance to, and I think we all can agree to this. We'll see, you know, but, you know, he has a few years. Uh, he's clearly better, more talented than Elon. You know what I mean? Uh, more talented than somebody like Flacco. You know what I mean? So, it, like I said before, he has a chance. And that's why I said for anybody that's going to sit here and say, that's why I said the Rams got a better chance of making it back than Cincinnati do when you look at the NFC. There was a time period where the NFC was the, was the conference where you just didn't know who would come out every year. And the AFC just had the same teams. But in the AFC, you with the, with the way the quarterbacks and the way the teams are set oh. up, the AFC might be a little stronger compared to the NFC when you look at the quarterbacks in the AFC. When you look at the NFC, I'm really just trying to think of a team that – I'm really trying like all right because they did the Super Bowl odds today. You know, the next Super Bowl odds. And the, the top two teams in the NFC was the Rams at one and Dallas at two. And I get it why they got Dallas at two. When you look at everybody else in the conference, you know what I mean? Because you don't know about Trey Lance. Seattle, I think, is just whether Russell comes back or not, I just think Seattle window was just closed. Uh and I think Arizona, it's uncertainty going around with the Cardinals right now with Kyler Murray. So it's like it's, you know, Rams could easily get back. We don't know. Yeah, look, they they could. Listen, I know I'm not. Listen, I'm not saying that Stafford will never be a Hall of Famer. He has a chance. I'm just saying, if his career ended today, people there was a debate that people were saying, is he a Hall of Famer now? I'm oh, no, saying no, no. Yeah, he's, yeah, got, you're not... he's got he's got ways to go. I said, uh, I was actually talking to somebody, and, and actually Biggie, pretty much, I'm I'm pretty sure Biggie read my mind when he was saying this. <laughs> like, look, I said, if he plays three more seasons. Right, because he's already a top twelve quarterback statistically, with the passing yards and touchdowns, he he'll he'll crack the top ten, and who knows, he may get another Super Bowl, he may go to a couple of Pro Bowls and add that, and who might be an All Pro at least. But once. Say, I just want then, to then, then know say, that. But say, I just want to let right, you know. Right, right, right now, right now, people let, are putting the bar too low. No, people are putting the bar too low right now for for the Hall of Fame to get into the Hall of Fame. I say, Pro I say, listen, I just say three more seasons, right? Add those passing yards to get into the top 10 of all time, right? And then, you know, get... Listen, individual accolades are very important too in the Hall of Fame case. They're important too. You know, those Pro Bowls and those all pros that you make, you know, they they, they matter too, right? So... Oh, know, say that again? Say the Pro Bowls, Pro Bowl and... All pros, you're saying that they don't matter. They, they no, I'm do. saying that's a lot of players so, that's in the know, Hall of Fame that don't even belong in there. To be quite honest with you, there's always debates about whether why this player should have gotten the, the Hall of Fame. Or but let's not undermine that, right? Let's let's not let's not underestimate how important that that is. I never right? said it was. I'm, I'm just, just saying, saying like, Pro Bowls don't matter. It don't matter when you if Stafford wins another ring and then he well, has one pro, pro Bowl, Pro Pro Bowls. You know those individual accolades they help. And, you know, to go with the fact that, he, listen, if he gets in the top 10 and if he adds a couple of more of those individual accolades, yeah, then, uh, you know, three seasons, yeah, I could, yeah, I'll say he's a Hall of Famer. I think he just need know? to win another ring. Another ring, yeah. Another win another ring, ring and add more stats. Add more, uh, add more he, stats and add more individual right. accolades. I'm just I saying. I just disagree like, with that individual accolade. I'm so just saying, let's just pump the brakes on this Hall of Fame talk from Matthew Stafford, right? I, let's just pump the brakes. If if I may, I, I understand what the both of you are saying, and I'm kind of going to actually say you both aren't wrong. Um, when it comes to Stafford, and, and I love and I, and my, and I love the when people talk about when when especially with a quarterback who has never won a Super Bowl, 
but he now has won the Super Bowl. They're already saying and giving him praises. Oh, he's a Hall of Famer, and, and I don't think he it, it's there yet. With Sai, he's in the conversation. He's in the he, he's with him winning the Super Bowl. He's earned the um the um the the um he's earned the right to have the conversation of his name being in the Hall of Fame. Right, that's what um, I said. But he's got I, he's got a he's got a long way to go, and and maybe if he's got maybe um if he gets a if he gets another ring, or if, he get, if they make the no, another Super Bowl, or win the Super win another Super Bowl, that that's um or has um more statistical value along the way, that's yet to be determined, and unless we're um, mind readers of the future, we don't know that. We can't predict the future. And um, only time will tell. Um, but uh, he's 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 clearly earned the right to be in the conversation for the Hall of Fame. I'm not sure he is a Hall of Famer yet. Uh, I think there are there are other quarterbacks clearly. I think more worthy to be in the Hall of Fame than Matthew Stafford. But uh, what what he's done um, to get the Rams to get a Super Bowl uh, shouldn't be unnoticed. Okay. All right. This isn't, this is King. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, King. This isn't like, so here, so let's make this the last thing on this discussion. So, but here's my question. I'm just going to try to hold off of that and play the message, Biggie. Yes. Go get him. Go, go, go get him, King. Let's let's play the message first. And then we're going to go get to that. Jones boy. Good evening, gentlemen. Uh, What a night in football last night, huh? Uh, shout out to everybody on the panel, man. Uh, good game. Uh, just here to listen to the discussion. Uh, what up, though? What's going on, Jones boy? Thank you for the message. Now, Biggie, go ahead and take it away, my guy. Thank you, King. So, PJ, and you can answer this question any way you want, but I'm gonna ask it. I'm gonna ask it direct, and I would just love a yes or no answer. If you had a Hall of Fame vote five years from four years from now, when Philip Rivers is up for Hall of Fame, is he a Hall of Famer for you? Sixty-six thousand yards, all the accolades, seventeen-year career. Is Philip Rivers a Hall of Famer for you? No. Oh hell. Okay. That's a fair answer. No. That's that's no. a fair. Well, 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 wait a minute. Wait, wait, I'm, I'm not gonna go on for into this. I'll just sit there and say this. I'm, when you look at all the active quarterbacks right now, we're not talking about quarterbacks that's retired like Brady or or Breeze or something like that. When you look at the active quarterbacks like right now that's playing, here's an interesting stat. Now, like I said, Stafford. Or the thing with Stafford was always well, you know, he was in Detroit. He always put up stats. He was always great in terms of statistically, in terms of putting up the stats, and we know he can throw the football. Now he gets to the Rams, and he actually wins. He performs in the postseason, and he and it wasn't like he wasn't the reason why they won. He was one of the main reasons why they won, if not the main reason why they won. When you look at the postseason run that he had, and then just in, in terms of just the regular season, yeah, he had 17 interceptions, but he had a great regular season. Um, let's, but when you look at the active quarterbacks right now, guys, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, and maybe somebody can correct me if I'm wrong, there's one quarterback right now in the AFC currently, like currently as we speak right now, that has a trophy. 
that has a Super Bowl, and that's Mahomes. If I if I'm, right. if I'm if I got everything correctly, when you look at the NFC, Stafford just won a ring, Russell Wilson has one, and Rodgers has one. Everybody else right. got one. Now, obviously, granted, a lot of uh, listen, a lot of quarterbacks are young. A lot of these not a lot of these quarterbacks now are fresh, and so we got to give them time. Obviously, but Mahomes too got one in his first few years. You know what I mean? So what I'm saying is, when you look at Philip Rivers to stats. The man is going into the Hall of Fame. When you look at he just the problem with him was, like I said, he just kept running into New England. When you really right. look at the career, he just kept running to New England. That's like sitting there saying Carmelo is not going to be a Hall of Famer. Everybody knowing they run and they mom that Carmelo and he's going to be a Hall of Famer. So that's what I'm saying. People would sit there and like but I said first before, ballot though, because I think yeah, that's King. Well, you know, you talking about for Stafford? You talking about for Stafford? You talking about for Stafford? Yeah, is it first ballot? No, he, not, he might won't... not be first ballot. He might not be first ballot. Uh, Stafford might yeah. not be first ballot. Now, I think now I think right now he may not be first ballot. But let's sit there and say like what Biggie said. He adds on more stats, and then he gets another ring. Me personally, I think the whole all pros like okay that can happen. But I don't think he needs to do all this Pro Bowl all pro stuff. If he gets another ring and just adds more touch touchdowns, passing yards, and he wins another ring, I mean come on. At some point, we yeah. got to start having a conversation because that's two rings and his stats will probably be better than Eli. And we know Eli's getting in. So what are we talking about here? Look, once if he gets the second I hear, ring, I, I, I hear exactly what you're saying. But if and and I hate to go on this route, but if we're basing it off the two other quarterbacks from that historic um draft class that Rivers just so happened to be on, titles aside, they're getting in. Rivers is not because when you're basing this off of statistics and I want rings, best some money on this. Um, uh, statistics and rings and um, all those other um avenues that um people look at when it comes to who gets in the Hall of Fame. One in particular is impact and what impact on the team or the the era that you were in. Philip Rivers, besides the 18 amount of kids that he's had, doesn't have that much impact in the NFL. So he can have as much stats till my ears bleed. I, if uh, if Biggie asked me a question, my answer is no. And that's fine. That's 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 absolutely fine. The one thing I think in – the one thing I think a lot of people listen to sports podcasts and listen to what we do and other people who actually get paid for this to do, though, and PJ, you're not wrong for your stance on it, is I think we have to sprinkle a little bit of fairy dust and speculate a little bit more. You, you, you have to, we all have to just be open for if history has shown us this player is going to produce this on a fairly regular basis um, then it's safe to say, barring injury, three years in the future, their stats are going to be pretty similar, especially a veteran, especially a veteran like Stafford. But I mean, listen, it, I, I think that that's actually going to be the most interesting talked about player four years from now in the Hall of Fame is going to be Philip Rivers and his impact. And to go back to what King said, and that's a beautiful definition that you put into it, King, by your question. Is it a first timer? 
you know, Rivers will first be a ballot. Hall of Famer, but it might not be first ballot, right, King? Exactly. Yeah. It might not be first ballot. It might be his second time down the road or his, th- or his third time down the road as far as that goes. All right, so yeah, now we get into the hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, Biggie, because I, I, I have to. I need the panel and and the people listening to answer this for me. You can answer it however you want. Just try not to be long winded, because me and you've had this talk numerous times, right? When we talk about Hall of Famers, my yep. thing is if you can tell the story of whatever sport that they're in without including them, then they're not a Hall of Famer. But if you have to mention their name in some, whether it's good, bad, or ugly. And what I mean by good, bad, or ugly, I'm talking about on the field. I'm not talking about off the field garbage. But on the field, then I think they deserve to be a Hall of Famer because they are part of the history, the fabric of that sport. What does everybody say now to that's, that? That's a brilliant analysis because especially if you look at that quarterback class that Rivers was drafted in, Eli, Ben, all those quarterbacks who have Super Bowls, you can't mention that quarterback class without mentioning Philip Rivers. And then once you mention him in that class and you look at his statistics over his 16-year career, using your litmus test as the Hall of Fame, I think eventually Rivers gets in. And see, but that's my thing. Like, when you look at the 2003 NBA class, Carmelo's going to always be judged because of the class that he got drafted in. When you get drafted with LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, and Vaj, who won multiple rings. But everybody and their mom know when you look at Melo statistically, his stats, just look at this score. All you got to do is go into, do the research. Look at the career stats. He's going into the Hall of Fame. That's all I'm saying. River's stats, like I said, it may not be first about Hall of Fame. Now, when you ask Jim Erson, he was probably being biased because, you know, he played the one year with the coach and retired. But he said easy. Now, I'm not going to sit there and say easy, but some people, depending on who you talk to in NFL circles, especially some players around the league, everybody going to have their own personal opinion, which is what we have now. All I'm saying is he's going to be judged because of that class. All I'm saying is take take him out that class. I know we can't do it because he was drafted in 2004. But when you look at the stats, the stats, you know the stats is they they're, they're really good. Sixty, I think sixty three thousand yards, sixty three pass, sixty three thousand passing yards, four hundred plus touchdowns. I mean, it's, it's kind of but that's what I'm know. saying. But that's what I'm saying, Brad. Right? You're bringing up all this historical history with his stats. Him being there, so like, for me, yeah, he might not be a first ballot Hall of Famer, but it's kind of hard not to say that he he might get in. Huh? Say that again. Yeah, I'm well, saying say. he, he he might not have all the rings, mm-hmm. but if when you when you're bringing up the draft class, his stats, his impact, it it may not right. have been for him to win rings. It might. That's have what been I'm saying. Right. 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 Yeah. The guy that was drafted yeah. this great class. Same thing with Carmelo drafting this great class. Look at all these statistics that he has, all these numbers. He's top 10 and da 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 da, whatever. He has a place in history. Because you look right. at Jim Kelly, Jim Kelly had got no Super Bowls, bro. Yeah. And he's in the hall. Why? That's what I'm saying. Four times in a row, they made it to the, the big game and they didn't win. So we got to look at yeah. everything. Yeah. I think, listen, I'm, I'm a stats-based guy, man, when it comes to the Hall of Fame. I look at the numbers. That's what I'm saying. Matthew Stafford, like, you know, he may get in, you know. You know, I'm just saying, if he – listen, he, he, could go, he, look, he can end his career in the top 10 of, you know, passing statistics in the NFL. By the way, Philip Rivers is the – you know, he's eighth. You know, he's, he's literally the eighth highest-rated passer in, in NFL history. His stats 
like through the roof. Like you look at these numbers, like you said, Brandon, they make a case for it. Will he eventually be in the Hall of Fame? Yes, maybe. There's a good poss- there's a possibility that he could be in the Hall of Fame. You know, yes, people will look at that that listen, what hurts Philip Rivers in in, in, in his case for the Hall of Fame is that 04 draft class, you know, because Ben Roethlisberger and Eli Manning, you know, you look at, you know, careers in terms of just their Super Bowl wins are, are, are just going to stack up a lot more than Philip Rivers' is, is his individual stats. Um, you know, he's not, listen, we'll see what happens, but yeah, he's not a first ballot Hall of Fame, Philip Rivers. You know, will he be a Hall of Famer? Possibly. That, that's something to see. Numbers do back up. They do make right. a good argument, Brian. I just think he's getting that. I just don't think it's going to be first ballot. But go ahead, Biggie. So let's get back to King's point about Sean McVay's ability to make adjustments in this game. So the second quarter starts fairly quickly into the second quarter. Three minutes in, Stafford, who we've spent a great amount of time and a good discussion on, finds his one and only Cooper Cup in the end zone for a touchdown. So the Rams pick up some points there. And then a little bit deeper into the game, what do we get? We get a T. Higgins touchdown. McPherson comes in. And then the second quarter kind of ends quietly after that point. And we're sitting now at a 13-3, 13-10 Rams lead going into halftime. And just to have a little fun on this show, that was by far the greatest halftime show I had ever seen. I, I only wish that Tupac was still alive to be on that I'm going to get my Kanye on. There's never going to be another... <laughs> had a good one you know michael jackson but that one was the greatest one ever yeah hip-hop hip-hop was at center stage i talked about this as soon as we talked as soon as we opened up on the show like you know hip-hop was at a center stage man you know nfl i think they seen what happened and i think that's gonna make the nfl even more go like i, I think we need we need the route we need to go not saying it has to be every year but I think we know the route that we have to go uh, for people to be um, and you know and tune into the halftime show because the past few years, y'all, I ain't gonna lie, like I, they have not been good. They've been very lackluster, and a lot of people have been complaining about it. And I love with the Jay Z partnering with the NFL because Jay Z was the main. I think a lot of people forget he was the main reason why that happened. I'm being partners with the NFL. Jay Z told them, you know what I mean? Like, you know, I'm pretty sure he told them, like, listen, we need to bring hip hop into the center stage. Of the mm-hmm. halftime show, and yeah. we saw how that took place. When you look, like I said before, we talked about it. With everybody put on a performance, man. Everybody, you seen a crowd reaction every time a song came on, every time somebody came out, whether it was Fifty, then it was Mary, then it was Kendrick, then it was M, mm-hmm. and then Dre and Snoop starting it off. It was a classic halftime show. It was no, no doubt in my mind, nothing went wrong. Everything went perfectly planned. You can make a legitimate argument. Some people said the halftime show is better than the game. I think they were both equal. But you know, when you when you hear that, when you hear that, you know the halftime show was 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 extraordinary. And it's it'll go down in history. I actually watched the halftime show over again today, to be honest with you. Yeah, I'm not sure. How could you not? Right. So here's here's my question. Who was everybody's if you had to pick a favorite performer? during that halftime show. I put up on Facebook today, somebody posted a picture of all of them, and I said to my wife last night, and she chuckled, I said, looking at all of them on stage is, is looking at, like, the five superheroes of rap. They were like the Justice League of rap. 
Yeah, Avengers or something. Right? Like that, exactly. Right? exactly. <laughs> but like, yeah. for, but for anybody, like, was there anybody that you looked more forward to hearing or anybody who just kind of tied it all up for you guys? I mean, they were great collaboratively. Um, but for me, it was just Dre. It was just the OG out there leading the way. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, man. I mean, I, it's so hard to pick because they were all great. And I'm, yeah, I might watch the halftime performance again, man, a little later on. Um, but yeah, man, that was just that was epic, man. You know, I, I, like like King said, I don't think we'll see, I don't think we'll see a halftime performance like this, like again. Agree. Which agree. I hope not. Time I hope out. Time agree, out. I disagree with that. I disagree with that. Man. So we, we never. Thank listen. you. Super Bowl, Super Bowl got I never, I never said that. I never said that's King, bro. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they go back to New York. They already know where I'm going. I'm just saying, listen, listen, if Super Bowl, listen, New York, New Jersey, MetLife Stadium, yeah, listen, man. Hey, I'm going there, man. You know what I'm saying, man? Brandon, Biggie, Kason, let's all link up, man. The halftime show is going to be lit, man. <laughs> I might fuck around, jump on stage, <laughs> <laughs> pull a little mama out. Of it, man. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah, man, no, I, it's so hard to pick, man. Which one's the best, man? Like, I think all of them were so great, man. You know, I, I don't care. I ain't picking, man. All of them were great in their own way. It was a celebration of hip hop, and it's so fitting, of course. You know, when you do a Super Bowl in LA, you you have to bring, you know, Snoop Dogg, Dr. Dre, and and Kendrick Lamar. You know, the, you know, three, you know, the three pillars of, you know, you know, Los Angeles, you know, rap, L.A. rap, you know, like, I mean, all in one. Um, yeah, it's just, you know, and then you bring, yeah, it's just, look, you bring in Eminem and then 50, you know, two two guys that have frequently collaborated with Dr. Dre. Um, Mary J. Blige as well, man. She did her thing, man. Shout out to her. And then, um yeah, I mean, just that, that halftime performance was just epic, man. I mean, it was just amazing. It was, and, and also, like you said, Biggie, it's a shame that Tupac, you know, you know, obviously it's a shame, you know, he's not there, you know, he's not with us in this world. But one of the great things uh, in that halftime performance was Dr. Dre paying a, paying a, a tribute to Tupac. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, if you guys listened, he was... Um, I ain't he, he was playing at Mad At You, um, the piano. Um, which was a really nice tribute there. Just you know, just making sure that everybody like everybody knows that Tupac's always you know with Dr. Dre and and pretty much the pillar of hip hop because this was a celebration of hip hop, not just you know in, in L.A. California, but it's worldwide. You know, and you know no me doubt. being here and here me being here in London. You know, like I could just feel the vibe, and it was just amazing to watch, man. You know, it was, you, it you know, was so it was so awesome. And Kason, I'm gonna go back and listen to our third show yesterday in the last of the three-part series that phase one put on for this super bowl by the way please catch phase one on spotify and apple PodTunes and all that other good stuff but case i either remember somebody saying in the chat room or i actually think it was one of the listeners yesterday that dropped some insider info i thought somebody said to us don't be surprised if you see 50 yeah, I think it was. Have... Yeah, I said that. Yeah, yeah. Said you did. Right? You said that. Props to Saeed, yeah. man. Cause yeah, I ain't yeah, yeah. I see it. I got, I got myself confused. I thought it was Brandon, and I gave the props to Brandon, but it's to Saeed. Hold on, though. I, knew... I just want to say another fact. Ahead, King. Everybody that performed on that stage, all those songs. Guess who the producer was? Drake. Dr. Drake. Jay Z. 
No, hold, what Stop with your New York bias. No, hold, it was wait, all wait, it was all Dr. Dre. Stop. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I thought, I thought you said no, no, no. I thought you said who? I thought you said like who was responsible for the halftime show. That's what I thought you just said. Yo, Brandon just put off the. You know how like when you take a multiple ch- uh, choice test and then the one of the answers <laughs> is completely wrong. <laughs> yeah, no, I thought that's what he said. I thought, I thought. Well, we, well, King, we know who was responsible for in terms of the the, uh, the beats. You make it seem like that was like a yeah. We know who was responsible for the beats. That was no, 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 no. But what I'm saying is the fact that they made him and Snoop the headlines, and then Dre made sure he put everybody who produced, oh, yeah. he produced yeah, absolutely on absolutely. there. Like all those beats you heard, that was all Doctor Dre. Oh, him. Yeah. But I don't know about Mary. I don't know about Mary. Yeah, Mary, yeah. Mary. Nah, Mary got those yeah, joints. Those joints are Dr. Dre's. Yeah, Dr. Dre. Check it. That check second it song she did, the singer one. <laughs> no, nah, that's, yeah. like, oh, that's what I'm saying. And even though, let's get it. I don't think that was Dre that did nah, that. Let's get it. That's that's a Dre song. Yeah. Okay, what well, it's I'm telling you, it's right. Dre. Well, we hey, know Dre. Yeah, Dre's a pioneer, man. We know Dre was that. getting busy. He can't yeah. rap. So he was getting the busy. Pioneer, yeah, cause that's still Dre verse. That's still Dre verse. Jay Z wrote that. Yeah, Jay Z no, no, wrote I'm, the I'm talking about the beats and the production. Oh yeah, yeah, the beats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 beats production is Dre. Yeah, the beats production is Yeah, yeah. I was like, Dre can't rap. No, he can't. This is totally not a not a sports question, but it's related to the halftime show. Who's the white? I I don't know if he's Jewish or not. He's a big boy. Who's the white guy? That's a producer with a lot of the rap stars that that even Dre goes to talk to and 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 get some ideas oh, on Jimmy some beats. Iveen. Oh yeah, who is it? Oh, this is that Jimmy. Um, Jimmy Alvin. J- no, I know who Jimmy Alvin is. Jimmy Alvin was back. You said big he, white he, buff guy, Biggie. He's a big dude. He looks Jewish. He's got like wiry hair. Brandon, we'd see him walking in Manhattan somewhere and you'd go, oh, he works in the jewelry district and he and he weighs about 400 pounds. I'm going to, you oh, guys shoot. Damn, gonna... I forgot his name. Oh, damn, you know I who I'm talking I can't, yeah, about. Yeah, I remember. I can't, I can't remember his name by He's heart right producer. now, but I know exactly wait. what you're talking about. Wait, 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 wait. I don't know, like, wait, producer? Or are you talking about an actual, an artist where he actually No, he's a producer. Producer, uh, I thought he's talking about Action Bronson for a sec, there, man. Rick Rubin. <laughs> oh, Rick Rubin. Rick Rubin. With the bed. No. Yeah, with the bed. Let's go to the yeah, message we'll real fast that we got from Jay Boy. Rick Rubin. Yeah, Jay. Rick Rubin. Jay coming to the answer. That's the winner on the Jeopardy question right there. Yeah, the bed. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah, Rick Rubin. Yeah, mm. it was a, it was a hell of a halftime show performance. But um, I, I even said it. I think that's going to make you know NFL now. You know, see what they got to do moving forward. And um, I would love to see a New York win, but they they gotta have to see if they're gonna have to do a uh, they're gonna have to go back in the cold again. They're gonna have to do like what they did in 2013 for the Broncos in Seattle. They're gonna have to do it in New York. That's the only way. You know what I mean? But. My life is gonna have to. Uh, they're gonna have to, you know, host for the Super Bowl one of these upcoming soon's, and we they can make it happen. You know what I mean? They can make it. Hell, they can make it. If happen. they don't get Ra- if they don't get Rakim on, on that stage, I ain't watching it. <laughs> oh yeah, you said Rakim. Yeah, 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 Rakim. But oh, 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 they could do like they did Atlanta, like they did Atlanta for the Patriots and Rams Super Bowl a few years ago. If they can go back to Atlanta and do a whole Atlanta, oh, pop, that that would be that kind. Of, like would. I said, it's mm. certain cities, it's certain cities where you can do that at, and maybe it's probably three predominantly ones, which is obviously the three capitals of hip hop: New York, LA, and Atlanta. If you could do those three, like those is like if they can do that, then that that would be special. If they can do Atlanta, they can do New York. Figure out some type of way with the cold. Hopefully, they get like a. 
maybe like a 50-something degree weather, they get lucky in February, then they could do something like that. Well, it's in Arizona next year. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's gonna be Arizona next warm year. Weather and warm weather in the dome to kind of kick it off and and, right. and have a little fun with that. I even so, said they need to get Drake. They need to hey, oh yeah. By the way, guys, time, off, guys, guys, after the Arizona Super Bowl next year, it's Las in Vegas. Vegas. Yeah, now I'm going. Yeah. To, I'm not going to the game, but I already told my mother I'm going to the festivities. Like I just want to be there for that weekend. <laughs> I ain't paying that much for no damn game. game. You got to be crazy. Like, you know what I mean? But I'll go for the festivities for that. I don't really care about the Arizona one so much, even though Arizona is a beautiful state in its own right. I still would like to – I want to go to the Vegas one as far as the festivities because I would have loved to have been in L.A. this weekend for the festivities, not just for the game. You know what I mean? But, you know, the festivities. But I'm, I'm going to try to go to the Vegas one for the festivities. I've never been to a Super Bowl weekend, so that's on my bucket list. So now we come out of halftime after – and I thought it was hysterical that the Cincinnati Bengals kicker McPherson just stayed out for the entire halftime show and, and watched that whole thing. <laughs> I, I, thought, I, I thought that was just so great for that 21-year-old to just be enjoying it, knowing what he had to do. But the third quarter starts, and we had a, we had a pretty big shift in, the, in this game coming into the third quarter, right? I mean, basically right out of the gate, the Bengals get the ball. They come down, bing, bang, boom, 75 yards, touchdown to T. Higgins. That gives the Bengals the lead at that point in time. Bengals seem to be really controlling the third quarter nicely. Um, I think I think it's fair to say that there were probably a decent amount of fans that were like, hey, you know, Bengals could actually kind of win this, kind of pull this out because the third quarter ended. Bengals are up 20 to 16. And you're knowing at that point in time, if you have math pretty well figured out by now, and I'm still working on that myself, that the Rams are going to have to score a touchdown to win this game in the fourth quarter. But what we saw in the third quarter with the Bengals putting up 10 points is something most fans probably thought we would see in the fourth. Now, this is where the game takes a turn. And this goes exactly to what King was talking about at the beginning of this show. This is where Aaron Donald flipped the switch because going into the fourth quarter at that point in time, the Bengals had put up 20 points, were playing great. Their defense was playing good. But when that fourth quarter ended, the Bengals hadn't seen hide nor hair of anything (laughs) that looks like a point from a field goal, a touchdown, or a safety. And the Rams put up that needed and, quite frankly, historic, touchdown when you look at obj out when you look at the tight end out when you look at really a non-effective running game at that point in time this fourth quarter was everything that the rams needed this fourth quarter validated the five billion dollar investment in that stadium this fourth quarter validated three future first round picks it validated being half a million dollars over the cap for next season listen just just one at a time. Let's start with Brandon. B, what were you feeling when that fourth quarter came in? And what did you feel when that game was kind of working its way down to that last play? I was nervous for both teams, honestly. You know what I mean? Like, the house was split between Bengal people rooting for the Bengals and people rooting for the Rams. You know what I mean? So, I was nervous. Um, there, was, Like, a part of me, I've still thought at some point Cincinnati was going to pull it off. Uh, just because I thought, I honestly thought Burrow was going to get a chance at some point in the game to have one final drive to really break the Rams' heart in L.A. 
in their own stadium, but it just didn't it didn't happen that way. Um, but what made that fourth quarter to me so legendary for Stafford and Cup was you knew what was coming. You knew what was coming. The Cincinnati defense knew what was coming. They because like you said, there was no running, there was no ground game at all to speak of. It was non-existence the whole game. Give credit to Cincinnati's run defense for that. Odell goes out when it looked like Odell is about to put on a hell of a performance. He goes out. Uh, and you really don't – Solid Higby was hurt, you know, to begin with. You know what I mean? He was on injury reserve coming into the game. So, you knew he was – obviously, he was out. So, it was really just one consistent target in a passing game that can win one-on-one, beat zone, just run consistently and get open was caught. Cincinnati knew what was coming, and they still couldn't stop it. And the throw – and I know everybody knows the throw that I'm talking about because everybody's seen it already on ESPN or, or SportsCenter on Instagram or whatever. Stafford – a no look pass to cup and tight coverage, and I'm sitting there like, okay, we've seen Mahomes do stuff like this, but a no look and tight coverage in that situation because that really that's what that was. That was a no look, and it was incredible. It was incredible seeing that. Um, Stafford was legendary, man. I mean, I know the two people talking about the two picks. Well, yeah, he had three touchdowns though, and that fourth quarter was just. It was magnificent. I think every, um, if I'm not mistaken, he's had like what, three fourth quarter game winning drops, three like three yeah three game winning drops this postseason because they pretty much dominated the Cardinals. You know what I mean? So they've had, uh, you know three three fourth quarter drops. I mean, Stafford's had three fourth quarter game winning drops. Like it was impressive. Nah, like just to piggyback off what you said, man. Yeah, like that. The start of the like Biggie said it perfectly. The start of the third quarter, like when 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 T Higgins got hit for that play, man, I'm sitting here, game over. Like like one of the Rams, like like not even game over at that point. Just like, but can you remember when Stafford threw that pick? The second one, the second one, and it was like, yo, it's like (laughs) anybody that play Madden, you you looking at your opponent in the face, like, yo, you can't beat me right now. Like I'm too hot. And then the game just took a weird. It's like Stafford was like just a, in surgery, just like taking his time. Just it's just like he, he was killing them slowly, and mm-hmm. I just started seeing the momentum shift in the game. And I'm like, damn, like Joe's boy is. I thought of Joe's boy like when, during this play. I was like, yo, Joe's boy, right? Like Stafford is just in a better predicament to make these plays happen. And it's like you said perfectly, Brandon. Like everybody in the in the in the arena knew where the ball was going, and you couldn't stop it. It was Cup. Every other play, Cup. They found a way to get Cup to, Cup involved in every play. That end of round, I think it was like fourth and one for them to pick up the, the, the fourth down with the Cup. I was like, yeah. That's when I started slowly realizing, like, yo, Cincinnati's losing grip of this game. But, like, Brandon, you said perfectly, too. That last play where Donald came through and had the sack, if Joel Burrow had – Maybe two, three seconds. He hit Chase for the game with a touchdown, because I, it was it was uh, on Instagram. I saw like the back end of the coverage, and Chase was wide open. Mm-hmm. He had burnt. Yeah. yeah, he was. He was wide open on that if final play. He had play. three more seconds. LA, LA is sad right now. They're not burning up the city. They not burning up the city for a championship. <laughs> for a loss. So. It just go to show you, man. Like I keep saying, like football is one of those games, man. Like, is 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 a possession game. It's like I thought personally, those two interceptions was going to kill Stafford. But listen, he, he's a Super Bowl champion right now. 
Cup is the MVP. Stafford's going to the Hall of Fame. Oh, yeah, gay, gay, gay. just talking about it. You missed it. Yeah, Stafford going to the Hall of Fame. Like, yeah, like, that's yeah. all he needed. <laughs> that's all he needed. He got it. <laughs> Stafford going to the Hall of Fame. Listen, it just was a sad game, man, because I had money on Cincinnati. But you know how it go. You win some, you lose some. Yeah, I, I was rooting for Cincinnati too. I was, I was splitting the house, man. Like, I was splitting the house. Like I said, I'm out here in Philly. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna be back in New York tomorrow. But it was, it was split. You had some people. You had um, some people rooting for the Rams. Some people rooting for Cincinnati. Uh, yeah, it was split. But it was Safford. He, he pretty much solidified. And they had, they asked, they asked Von Miller <laughs> after the game. He said, what he said. Uh, he didn't say it like this, but he was pretty much like they asked. That they traded for, and Von Miller was like, he said, "Fuck them picks." <laughs> he said like that. <laughs> he said like, like what do you think about them picks, man? <laughs> like we, like this is you know what I mean. So it just goes to show you, man. They, like they fit. I like I said it. They they capped it all for the Super Bowl. They fit Los Angeles. Like they fit that whole. Listen, we are all in stars. You know what I mean? Lakers, Dodgers. Like they they fit. I even said this. I know nobody watch hockey like that. I follow up on it a little bit with my Rangers, but. I think LA might be the only team. I, I no, I think they are. So since 2010, in all the four major sports, every last LA team won a championship. The Rams just won one. Uh, the Lakers got a few of them in the two since 2010. Well, no, they only got two because they won in 2010 and then they won in 2020. Bubble, but yeah, so they they got they got two. So the Dodgers just won recently. You know what I mean? Not the Braves. You know, the Braves just won the World Series. This one, but the one before that. And then the Los Angeles Kings won the Stanley Cup in 2012 and 2014. So you could really, if we had to sit there and say, currently, who's like, the, who got like that as far as the city of champions? It got to go to LA. You know what I mean? I don't see. state of California, though, because you got to think about it, too. Like, I know everybody not big on baseball, but remember San Francisco? They had yeah, the Giants. Yeah. Yeah. So California just winning right now. I just, I just, yeah, don't just... to come back to the, to the East Coast, to New York, man. Yeah. Uh, we in a little yeah. drop, man. We in a little drop. Yeah, so the only thing that we had to brag about with the East Coast is the damn uh, <laughs> the Eagles with the Super Bowl in 2017. <laughs> MLS, if you want to talk Yeah. Even the last decade, if you're going to talk about last decade in California, even Golden State. You know, yeah. Them titles as well, so <laughs> that's what's neat on that. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, man. But, yeah, my thoughts on the last moments of the game, man, just Aaron Donald at his best, man, at his very best. Um, you know, I know we talked about Super Bowl MVP, and I know Biggie talked about they vote. They normally vote for Super Bowl MVPs, like you know, minutes before the end of the game. Um, listen, Cooper Cup deserved it, in my opinion, you know. But uh, Aaron Donald, if he if he had won that, then I wouldn't I wouldn't be too mad either. But um, listen, at the end of the day, Aaron Donald, Super Bowl champion, um, you know, he's achieved everything that he has to achieve in the game. Um, he'll go down probably as the best, one of the best, if not the best defensive tackle, you know, we've ever seen in the NFL. Um, you know, three-time defensive player of the year. And arguably, you, you know, he's he's top three easily, really. I would say, you know, um, best defensive player of all time in the NFL. Yeah, yeah. yeah for sure. Top three now. You know, yeah. before people used to want to say if it was like, there was an argument because of the Super Bowl. But now that he's won it, he's validated that. Um, and funny enough, guys, there was a report prior to the game that I actually shared on on the, on the group chat on Sports and Stereo that 
Aaron Donald, if you you know, was gonna consider retirement if the Rams had won the Super Bowl, which they ended up doing. So, you know, the you know, we'll have to wait and see in the coming days and probably weeks. Um, Aaron Donald, you know, as as he takes a little bit of a break, you know, um, what decision he makes about retirement. But um I, I just I think personally, if he was to retire, you know, um, what a great way to retire, you know, because he's basically his last play of his career, guys, won the Rams the Super Bowl, you know, no better way to go out on top, you know. I want to hear you guys' thoughts because I know PJ replied to to the post and um, and he said he doesn't want he doesn't want Aaron Donald to retire, um, so I kind of know where PJ's leaning, but I want to hear you guys. No, that's guys. Um, that was that you... was that was Brady. That was Brady. No, no, no. This is what, uh... what Aaron Donald. You said you hope he doesn't retire. No, I, I just, I just think with 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 um, if, if this is what if this is what his if this is how it's gonna go, and with me being in Pittsburgh, knowing um, uh, Aaron Donald's lineage, yeah. with him um playing at Penn State High School, uh, him going to the University of Pittsburgh, dominating. Um, the way that he did when he was um over at Heinz Field, uh, playing for the Panthers, going 17th overall in the first round, and just um evolving and having that dominance. If this is where it's going to end, and he um did it by winning the Rams the Super Bowl, uh, he he deserves it. He does. He deserves to ride off into the sunset. Um, yeah, I mean, I just, me, yeah, I just. Uh, so for, I just thought uh, I was going to say for, for me, I just, I'm going to look at. I was, was going to say uh, Cooper. I was going to sh- uh, go on Cooper Cup, and um, and you know I, I remember with Biggie, Biggie, uh, re- re- remember this and uh, with what Cooper Cup did. And just just the, just his dominance in the game. I was really confident in the fourth quarter specifically, knowing that it didn't matter if you double team cup or it was in one on one coverage. He was going to um, get the upper um, advantage, and it showed greatly. And he got the game winning touchdown. Um, and uh, Aaron Donald finished it off. Great sequence by the um, Rams offense and defense. No, that's a great point. Like, oh, so, uh, wait, wait, one, one, one more thing, one more thing. I don't care how many championships LA gets; they're not the city of champions. We all know who the city of champions is over here. So, just want to just who's that? That's... Who's that, PJ? Please don't say Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. I will kick you off. This <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's don't Pittsburgh. Say Pittsburgh, bro. No, PJ, are you serious, PJ? Okay, the Steelers got six rings. The Penguins got five. 
But BJ, don't nobody even bring Pittsburgh up when they talk about the city of champions. They'll bring like they'll say LA. Uh, I know New York ain't won nothing in a minute, but you know, in terms of just overall championships, oh. it's not even close. Oh, it's not even dude. close if we talking about overall. And then Boston, you not y'all not over Boston. Yeah, Patriots and yeah, Celtics. Nah, and I, that's yeah, a good point. Go I might even give it to you. Celtics. Yo, let's have a for We want to be critical because the Red Sox got like nine. The Patriots got six. The Celtics got 17. The Bruins got like six. Boston probably got it. Red Sox, Patriots, Celtics. Boston probably got it. They got a better case. You know, Absolutely. Down Absolutely. Listen, if, even down even down if you combine the state of Pennsylvania. They still We've held down that for years. <laughs> oh, yeah, back. Yeah, because Philly, Philly, Philly yeah. <laughs> six is eight with that. This is like 80, 80s. Right? The 80s. E- Eagles just got one recently. The Flyers ain't won nothing since the 70s. Since the 70s. <laughs> college basketball. Temple, yeah. Temple ain't do nothing. Yeah, but like I said, like if you, like you could just keep it. We could just keep it pro. Like, like I said, just keeping it pro. Like we got to combine the state or the cop. Like just the city's own. Like I guess get it. Put PJ being biased and stuff like that. Or I mean, I'm just saying, like, like the Steelers got six, the Penguins got five. Okay, those two teams got a case. But I'm just talking about the Pittsburgh Pirates alone just disqualify you. I'm just saying certain cities that. You, that you that people are put over. I'm serious. Like, okay, 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 let's, 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 let, let, let's get off of that, okay? Let's 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 get so, back to what we was talking about in the very beginning. So for me, um, the fourth quarter, I you know what, the third and the fourth quarter, I have to say this again. I know I said it at the beginning of the part, and I'm gonna keep saying it till y'all get it in your head. Sean McVay made great adjustments. He no longer had OBJ, and guess yeah. what he did with Cooper Cup? He put him. He knew he was going to get double and triple team. He moved him all over the line. He was never uh-huh. in the same place twice, which made it hard for the the, the defense of the Bengals to even key in on him. Because That's one minute he's in the slot, next minute he's wide out. You know what I mean? That's Next a, minute, he's catching, get, get, getting a, a a a run play called for him. So, it, it it was it was ridiculous. King, that's such a great point because I think the thing I noticed the most yesterday about McVeigh, and it's easy for me to say this when you consider that he was coaching against a head coach in Zach Taylor, who's first time in the Super Bowl. But the thing I was really proud of seeing McVeigh do is I think he learned a ton from that first Super Bowl appearance and loss to Belichick. And I think you saw some of that in his aggressive coaching style yesterday. And at the same time, I think, I don't know if it's really fair to say this. I think Zach got a little bit tight in the playbook. And I think because of McVay's limited assets on offense. Now, mind you, the assets he had were like gold but he didn't have many of them. Your point of his ability to adjust at halftime and adjust in the fourth quarter, I think is what really helped lead this team to victory. And I think he learned a lot from that first Super Bowl loss. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like, you know what I mean? Like McVay, 
that, that's a great point. I was just about to say that, Biggie. They learned a lot from that first Super Bowl loss. And I think Zach Taylor will as well. You know what I mean? Zach Taylor will get back there. And I think he will understand, listen, I got to run the ball more. Because the chances were there for you to run the ball. And me and King both agreed on this. And Shannon Sharp said it earlier um, this morning. There's Mixon was averaging about four to five yards a carry. It's not like you were getting blown out. The game was close the whole game. Why were you not running the ball? Mason should have been involved running, catching the ball out the backfield. So Zach Taylor learned from that. Cincinnati had a great season. The fans from Cincinnati are obviously, you know, disappointed as they should be because anytime you get to a Super Bowl, you know, you lose. You're always disappointed. You know what I mean? But at the same time, I think they're, they're happy. But, you know, nobody saw this coming from the Bengals. They've been down for so long. Uh, so Zach Taylor would learn from this. You know what I mean? If, you know, when, if, you know, if Cincinnati gets back to the big game again, Zach Taylor would learn from it. And I think he'll know what to do because McVay obviously learned from his first Super Bowl experience. Um, that fourth quarter was telling, like I said before, the fourth quarter was telling McVay did what he was supposed to do. Um, as far as making the adjustments, Stafford was, I mean, just impressive. I mean, whatever word you can come up with, Hummer Cup is just, I mean, people talk about Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams' chemistry, and you know, but that chemistry was—you know—they've been doing it for a few years. Staff and a couple exactly. only been doing this for a year. You know what I mean? So I think that's what's even more like you know, more crazy. They've been doing this for a year. You know, chemistry like that takes time, but th- th- it just goes to show you that you knew these guys was. Once Stafford got the news that he was getting traded to LA, they were working together in the offseason. You knew it because that chemistry just doesn't happen overnight, as we all know. It takes time, but. The chemistry that those two have, just knowing, just it's just crazy. It's crazy. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, golf never had that type of chemistry with Cup, and the connection was good, but it was never that type of co- the chemistry that those two have. You know what I mean? It's it's right on par with Rodgers and Devontae. Like the, the chemistry is just crazy, man. And as a defensive back, as a defensive coordinator, you can try everything you want as far as schematically. Or just trying to do whatever. When a quarterback and a receiver has that much chemistry, it's it's so hard to 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 counter that you know what i mean it's hard you know what i mean so much respects to the rams man much respect like i said before i, was, I didn't i didn't i didn't it didn't matter to me whichever team won i would have been happy either way you know what i mean but the better team won i picked cincinnati but the better team won you know what i mean and the rams they they uh both teams would be good next year <laughs> both teams would be playoff contention teams obviously so uh, but much it was a good super bowl much much it was a great it was yeah. it was a great super it was a great Super Bowl. Now, guys, as we're getting ready to wind down the show, because I'm trying to finish my cigar in my garage, and it's friggin' five below zero right now. <laughs> let me just put two fast football questions out there. And then I want to go over our itinerary for the shows that we have coming up. And I want to thank you all. And I and I know I can speak for Kason on, on this, because he and I have chatted in the chat room about this. Thank you, all of you guys, for your input and participation in the three-part series to Super Bowl 56 that we put together because it couldn't have been pulled off as brilliantly without all of you guys on the panel. And I speak for Kason and, and myself, and I speak for all of us to each other. Thank you, everybody, for help putting this together. It was, it was a blast. But enough with my sappiness. So two football questions, and we're going to be doing a lot of football stuff. Baseball might be the hot stove league, and it better be real hot because it might that might not see baseball till twenty twenty four. But and NFL I hope not. Win- NFL in the winter is the microwave league because there's always stuff going on. So mm. to cap off this this show, um, just two quick answers for what you see happening. Obviously, there's not some 
there's not some love fest going on right now in Arizona with Kyler Murray and, and that organization. Now, each of you guys, give me your take on that. And then my last question, what do you think the Colts are going to do with Wentz? And what I'll do, Saeed, if you don't mind, we'll take it. Saeed, King, Kaysan, Brandon, and PJ will get the last word. Saeed, what do you think about what's happening with Kyler? Can it be patched up? And then what do you think the Colts do with Wentz? Yeah, uh, the Kyler Murray news. Um, yeah, pretty much when I heard some of the things that were being said from Ari- from the Arizona Cardinals front, I was a bit, um, yeah, I was like, what? Um, because, you know, this is, this is the franchise that's coming out and saying some of those things. It's not the players, it's the organization, right? Um, you know, coming out and saying things like sometimes, you know, uh, you know, Kyler Murray has a lack of maturity. Uh, he needs to display better leadership. Um, you know, some of those things, which, uh, you know, um, it is a little alarming, but also at the same time, um, a part of me thinks, you know, look, the players, the players, I'm not saying that. It's pretty much the organization, which, um, you know, which, you know, is, 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 which leads me to believe that this, this this is going to be an ongoing drama this whole offseason. Because it started out a couple of weeks ago at the Pro Bowl, or after the Pro Bowl, when, when Colin Murray wiped out his Instagram um, posts, pretty much, you know, uh, we delete all of the posts that, uh, you know, with, with the Cardinals and pretty much left with two posts, one with, uh, with uh, Oklahoma and the other at the Pro Bowl. Um, and then even unfollowed uh, the Arizona Cardinals on Instagram and Twitter. So there were signs that, you know, little signs that, that something was going on. At the time, I wasn't really buying it too much. I thought it was just one of those things, you know. I, you know, I, I need to see how it develops. And pretty much this is where it's developed into. Um, listen, I, I think that this is something that we'll have to wait and see in the next month uh, and a half. See how things pipe down. You know, Kyler Murray's eligible, I think, for a contract extension as well. Um, so, you know, again, you know, this is the worst time for this to happen. Um, they're going to have to resolve something real quick, real soon. Um, but my, my personal take on Kyler Murray um, is that I've heard some of the things about Kyler Murray, some negative things um, about, you know, um, you know, his, uh, yeah, he, he gets a bit stroppy, gets a bit moody. Um, you know, he's, you know, not, not the best loser. It doesn't take losing quite well, um, you know, and can, can, can lash out, at, you know, at people at times. Um, so I have heard those things. There were, there were some concerns about his maturity coming out of college. Um, the fact that, you know, the Arizona Cardinals have, have said this, um, you know, three years since, you know, almost three years since he was drafted. Um, that's why it's a little alarming for me because I've heard those things before about Kyler Murray. Um, I, I haven't heard if, I, I don't know if any Arizona, I don't know if any of the Arizona Cardinals players have come out and defended him publicly. That's something I'll have to see in the next few days. If nobody comes out and defends Kyler Murray, which is so easy to do, go on Twitter, go on Instagram, write a post, defend Kyler Murray. It's easy. Or go, or go on, go, like, go to a, go, like, go and do an interview and, publicly defend Kyler Murray. It's not that hard. If I don't hear any of that in the next week or in the next couple of weeks or so, um, with those, like, I think, you know, with what's being said from the organization about Kyler Murray, you know, I'm not saying I'll believe in the organization, but I think this will continue to be alarming. Um, 
I think it's something to monitor on. But yeah, um, it is alarming because of what I heard from Kyler Murray in the past. So that's kind of what my take is on Kyler Murray. And then for Carson Wentz, uh, Biggie, like you said, what's going to happen with Carson Wentz and the Colts? Um, I heard um, uh, from Chris Mortensen of ESPN that the Colts are, um, you know, maybe they may actually move on from Carson Wentz. They may actually try and trade him. Or if they can't trade him, they may release Carson Wentz. Um, you know, there's, there's you guys okay? That the Colts you guys may- okay? Yo, King, 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 speaker. Oh, sorry. Yeah, sorry. Uh, as I was saying, yeah, like Chris Morton saying that the Colts may entertain that idea. Uh, I'm not surprised. I know some of you might be surprised at this because they'd be like, the Colts gave up quite a bit to go get Carson Wentz um, from Philly. And, and and let's be honest, when the trade happened a year ago, you know, this was a broken, this was a, a broken Carson Wentz, you know, who broke down in Philly. You know what I'm saying? So, look, Frank Reich did listen. He did a good job of, of masking Carson Wentz. Because he did mask Carson Wentz, you know. And I know, look, Carson Wentz, statistically, he wasn't terrible. He was okay. But he wasn't like, listen, the Colts didn't win a lot of those games because of him. They won those games because, you know, Jonathan Taylor and that offensive line, that running game, their defense as well. Carson Wentz, you know, I hate to say it, and I don't want to compare him to, to this quarterback because, you know, because I know Carson Wentz is way more talented than this quarterback. But his season kind of low-key reminds me of, of a Jimmy Garoppolo 2019 season. You know, when this 49ers got to the Super Bowl. You know, like where, you know, the 49ers, Carl Shanahan did a great job of, of masking Jimmy Garoppolo's deficiency. You know, trying to like, you know, make Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, give Jimmy Garoppolo the easy looks. Easy no, that's, completion. A good point. That's, what, that's what Frank Wright did with Carson Wentz. You know, and especially when you have Jonathan Taylor, you know, who's, who's an absolute stud running back, who's had an, a, an outstanding season, you know, um, it's easier, right, on the quarterback like Carson Wentz. But there was also times, and I always say this, right, there's going to be times where quarterbacks like Jimmy Garoppolo, Carson Wentz, quarterbacks that, like a Baker Mayfield, who are very limited in what they can do, who, who need those easy looks, those easy completions. They need help from their coaches. You know, there's going to be times where they're going to have to, like, unmask themselves and, and actually, you know, win the game and, and, you know, carry the team late on. And, you know, Carson Wentz didn't do that um, in the very last game of the season in a must-win game to get into the playoffs um, against Jacksonville. I know people say, yes, they had that lose, they have that losing streak in Jacksonville. Um, plus the one loss in London when Jacksonville was representing um, as the home team. I get that. Um, but at the same time, Carson Wentz pulled off an absolute stinker of a performance in that game. You know, and it made me to it made me believe despite Carson Wentz, you know, putting up, you know, you know, okay numbers, good fairly good numbers, you know, but you know, the Colts, you know, they most of those games, games that they won, right? Weren't because of Carson Wentz. It was it was despite of Carson Wentz. It was in spite of him, right? Um, and it it proved to be you know in the game against Jacksonville because when they needed Carson Wentz to 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 play well, you know he just didn't show up. Um, and it's a shame because I was a Carson Wentz believer a few years ago. I was a fan of his game, but you know I don't know if it's that that ACL injury or just the injuries that he's had at Philly that that's just derailed his confidence, you know to this point. Um, 
I, it's just a shame. And you know, the courts, the courts have paid the paid the price. You know, uh, for making that trade. And and look, at the time, a lot of people in the media were defending Carson Wentz, saying it was only one bad year. I'm sure he'll be back. You know, and all that. How could you justify? How could you back it up when he when he play, when he plays a, an awful game? You know what I'm saying? So, um, like that. Um, and I know, listen, I know I may be being a bit too harsh because I'm judging over one game, but then over the course of the season, he wasn't he wasn't great. He was good. He was a, he was efficient when he needed to be. But let's not forget, you know, there was another game, the Titans game, you know, uh, where he threw that, uh, where he threw two absolute awful interceptions. Um, I know the first one, he he was in the end zone. You know, people could say that was a good interception because you know he didn't you know he didn't want to get he didn't want to give up a safety and then the Titans would get the ball back and win that game. But then again, it was you know when you look at it live. It looked like an, an awful interception, and then in overtime, he throws a, a, a terrible interception when he has Jonathan Taylor wide open for a checkdown. Where if he had if right. he literally just looked at Jonathan Taylor for the checkdown, he would have, you know, gained so many yards and, and probably win that game. And he throws the ball into triple coverage. Those are those are the things I look at Carson Wentz. His decision making is not great. His pocket presence isn't great. His confidence, to me overall, is at his lowest point. Um, right. You know, and, and well, you I know what, Col- Saeed, though? The, Col- the Colts far- have a big decision to make, really. Well, and that's and that's a that's a great point as you finish it up. They have a big decision to make, but it's a good decision to make because that team is loaded with talent. King, exactly. what are you thinking of, what are you thinking about Murray and uh just your quick synopsis on on Murray and Carson? Okay, so Murray, I don't blame him. Who in the heck believes in Kingsbury? Good point. Now, <laughs> Murray is to blame just as much as Kingsbury. Because I find it funny the last three years, they go on this hot streak. The last two years, they go on this hot streak, he gets injured, and they flop, they flubber out. Flame out. Team gets bad. This year, I think if he had D Hop, the beating wouldn't have been as bad as it was. From um, the Rams, but they they still lose in that game. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. I don't trust that organization because, to what Saeed said, I'm not hearing this from players. I'm not hearing this from from anybody who's actually with him all the time. And you know what? Another thing is, show me a good loser, and I'll show you a loser. Tom Brady rarely shakes anybody's hands when he loses. Why? Does that make him a poor winner? No. It just means that he's upset because possibly he gave the game away. Or, you know, he didn't execute the game plan. But for Kyler Murray, he's still young. Um, If I were him, I would try to get out of Arizona. To be honest, D-Hop, how long does he have left? This is the first year we see D-Hop be this injured. Like, it's kind of crazy how injured this guy was. You know what I mean? Like... He's he's he hasn't been he's not injury prone. But this whole year that hamstring and then God knows what else happens and it, it, it pretty much knocked him out, right? Um I'd like to see him move though. I mean, you know, the New York Giants could use him. The, the Bucks, the Bucks could use him. Um there's a few teams that can use him, to be honest. And they probably could have a better system with him there. Uh, now the Carson Wentz 
Listen, man, I know I'm a Patriots fan, so people are going to have to take this with a grain of salt. Carson Wentz could have won the MVP when he got injured. But I'm going to say this now, and I'm going to say for that guy. When Nick Foles won that Super Bowl, anything called confidence, he lost. Right. Anything called confidence, he lost. Injuries, the team was split in half when it came to him. Half the team said, we're rocking with Foles, man. We don't need you. And the other half said, well, Carson's my guy. You know, he throws me the ball. He bought me some trinkets. So, you know, that's my guy. Car- Carson Wentz isn't a leader. I mean, he, he, even when uh, the boy Hurts was going to play his first game. <clears throat> Excuse me. This guy comes out and makes a statement. Oh, you know, if I'm going to be a backup, then I want to be traded. Like, what kind of teammate is that? Who, who wants to play with a bozo like that? And listen, I don't know about y'all, but Phillip Rivers got that exact same team in Indy we seen to the playoffs. Why couldn't Carson? He's supposed to be better than Phillip. I mean, you know what? If 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 uh, the boy um, Murray's smart, you say, oh, listen, man, trade me for Carson. <laughs> I want to go to Indy. And you, you never know what could happen, right? Frank Wright is a, is a, uh, a serviceable um, head coach. He, he is an offensive mind. Um, but Wentz, he, he's pretty much done. He's regulated to backup. I mean, even comparing him to Jimmy Garoppolo, I think that's kind of shitting on Jimmy. Because at least with Jimmy, we just know that he gets tight and he gets injured sometimes. We don't know what the problem is with Wentz. Is it the sun? Is it the moon? Is it the quasars? Is it the grass? Did right. you cook him his breakfast this morning? Um, you know, did his mom kiss him on his forehead? This guy's got a million and one excuses to why he sucks. He makes bad decisions, man. He he reminds me he he he's the football equivalent equivalent of Russell Westbrook. Man makes the worst decisions, bro. No sense. Take the check down. Stop trying to run the ball. Stop trying to be the hero. But that's what he's been acting like since Nick Foles won that Super Bowl. He's never been the same. Because that year, to be honest, let's see, let's see he doesn't get injured. And maybe he brings them on, on that path and wins that Super Bowl. We're talking about a totally different Carson Wentz. But your backup who's never played. And then even with Doug Peterson, like Doug Peterson gave this guy so many opportunities. That's why I, I swear Philly, the Eagles, they're fucking stupid. I don't know why the fuck they fire one guy, get rid of the next. And the general manager. Who got both those motherfuckers that are still there? Are you stupid? Like, but Dougie P's gonna be working with uh, you know, Trevor Lawrence, a more capable quarterback, but still a shitty ass organization. And Wentz, he's going, he's he's going to the gulag. I give him one more year. One more year, and no team's gonna want to touch him. He he's gonna get the he's gonna get the Kaepernick without the kneeling. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, yo, I'm going to just take it from here. <laughs> so, I'm going to start off with Tyler. I mean, I agree with everybody on the panel. Like, I know if I'm a bad guy, bad teammate, I want my team. If, if I'm a good teammate, I want – because I'll give you guys an example with OBJ. Everybody kept saying OBJ wasn't this great leader, great leader of men, wasn't a great guy. Think about it. Sterling Shepard came into the locker room and said, yo, Odell was a great guy. Eli defended him at times. 
the the locker room. He pretty much had the locker room. I had like PJ and King said it best. Nobody's come out to defend Kyler. Not one person. Not one person's come out to defend Kyler. So that's always a bad thing. King said this perfectly. As much as we're gonna blame Kyler, what the hell has Cliff done? And this shit is baffling me. I don't want to turn this into a racial debate. But why aren't African American coaches getting hired? Kingsbury hasn't done shit in college. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Shit in the league. And we just grab him because he's worked with Kyler. Like, why not go get an Eric B. Enemy? Why not go get a. Well, I mean, Lovey got a job, but I'm going to throw Lovey's name in there. Why not get a gym call with a guy that actually knows what he's doing? That's my biggest thing with, with that whole situation. But I think Biggie says it perfectly, too. Like, if you're going to move on from your quarterback, this is the year to do it because the quarterback for agency class, this is a crazy one. Like, Rodgers might be out. You don't know what they're going to do with Tannehill. Like, if Rodgers does go to Tennessee, Tannehill's a serviceable quarterback. So, like, this is the year to, to, to see what you can get. Deshaun Watson, we don't know what the hell's going on with Watson. Watson's always going to be here. So, if, if, if you're – if you're Arizona, why not go get a Deshaun Watson? But I think Biggie said it best. Indianapolis has a talented roster that can win now. And King said, nailed this on the head. How the hell did Phillip Rivers nail literally limping off the field in the against the Bills? Take him as far as Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz's confidence is shot. His confidence has been shot since since the MVP year he should have won, and he's not getting it back. It's, 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 that, that's the thing. That's the beauty of our psychology, fellas. Like, when you get to a certain part of your life, yep, maybe 60s, 70s, and you start thinking about all the things you should have done in life, regret, you go through a midlife crisis. Maybe I should have done this better. Maybe I should have dated that girl. Maybe I should have put my kids through college. Carson Wentz is in his 30s, and he's in this position right now. He's that's regretting a, everything. That's, that's a, a brilliant observation. Problem. That's brilliant, Kason, because that's exactly what he's doing. Big, big, and it's like his career is going to go to waste. And it's crazy because everybody likes to criticize Andrew Luck for leaving, but Andrew Luck was getting killed. His offensive line was horrible. Carson has everything. Like, I think King said it perfectly. The Russell Westbrook comparison is perfect with Carson. The man makes horrible decisions every day, like, Man, an NFL quarterback, like I can make better decisions than him playing Madden. And it's like, bro, certain things. Just check the damn ball. Live to fight another play. And and it's like, I understand. This nigga said Madden. I'm dying, bro. Listen, <laughs> I tried to gather my thoughts. I was going on a crazy rant. Listen, but it comes a time, like the Philadelphia aspect. I understand. Championship team, Nick Foles comes. You could anybody, any any one of us can lose confidence like that. Somebody comes in, takes your job, and does a better job than you. Yeah, I can see that. But you get a fresh start. They give you your quarterback coach and Frank Wright. You're running out of excuses, my guy. Like, where are you gonna go? Jacksonville has their quarterback. If I'm New York and Kyler's available, I'm on Kyler. Like, I'm not even I'm not even calling Carson Wentz. So now you're running out of teams. Like, you're become you're slowly becoming Mitchell Trubisky. Like that's that's what he's coming. He's, he's going to become a serviceable serviceable backup if he's in the right situation. Because 
Every I think everybody, even I think Dan Ross still listening. Everybody can agree when he went to Indianapolis, we all thought this was going to be the perfect fit for him. And it's still not. But if you're Indianapolis too, like you got to look at it from the you can't give up on Carson Wentz that quick. You can't because you look like a fool because you gave Philadelphia a free pick, especially if you release him. Uh huh. Just you set your franchise back far because you would have to go and go get an Aaron Rodgers. You would have to go get a Deshaun Watson. You would have to make a call for uh for Russell Wilson. But there's no guarantee that you get one of these guys. So now you release him and you don't have nobody. Where are you gonna go, Drew Lock? <laughs> Where are you going? That's the end of my ten. Drew Lock will be a better decision. At least he doesn't make terrible decisions. She just needs, needs the right guidance. But, but that's the thing, like you said, like if you do get a Drew Lock, he has more excuses. This is his third year in the league. He didn't really play a lot. He needs the right system. Carson Wentz had an MVP season. It's like, bro, like your confidence cannot be this shot. I don't know if he needs to go see a psychiatrist. I don't know if he needs another change of scenery. Ben Simmons. <laughs> We're going to talk about Ben tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to talk about him. I can't talk about him tomorrow, but like I said, like a change of scenery. He just he needs new atmosphere, and if, if it doesn't work, he needs to find a new job. I don't know if he's a – if he went to – where did he go to school? North Dakota State? I don't know if he needs a, uh, a sabbatical. He takes a year off from football, gathers his thoughts. Come back right now. McDonald's is hard. The kid don't got it, man. The kid don't got it. And it's sad because he was very talented in Philadelphia. Because, like I said, I've been out here for a little minute. The, the city, when he was when he, when he was at his best, the city loved him. But that's Philadelphia for you. Once you hot, they love you. And once you not, they throw you on Monday's curb with the trash can, man. So, I don't know. The man got to figure it out. The man got to figure it out. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk, y'all. <laughs> no, that, no, it's definitely, definitely. Like, everybody followed up on good points, man. All three of them. It's hard to listen. I'm just going to just pretty much elaborate on what Saeed King and Kayson said. You know what I mean? Because everything that they said was running the money. As far as the Colin Murray situation, um, you know, coming out of college, you know, there were, there were reports about leadership and maturity, you know, all those type of things. And, you know, a lot of people were talking about where they just doing this because he's black or what's going on. But now you can't even say that now because now it's really – but like I, like you guys said, this is the front office saying this. Now, the thing is, though, I haven't – no player from Arizona has came out and said anything. Now, obviously, I think this bombshell dropped, what, yesterday or Saturday? I can't remember. Uh, but, yeah, yesterday. Yeah. Okay, okay. So th- then, so no player has really came out and said anything yet. And it just makes you wonder, like, okay, like Saeed said, don't nobody say nothing within the next couple of days or at least giving up to a week. Because it don't take long to respond to stuff like this. Because we see all the time with athletes, if somebody say something, you, you got to play a teammate coming to, to the defensive, you know, of who we talking of who they talking about. So, therefore, I just basically think that if you don't hear nobody say anything, it's going to make people think, like, okay, well, if it's true. And then Colin Murray just came out, I think, posted something on Instagram or something like that, like, I forgot what he said. I guess defending himself. You know what I mean? So it's crazy because what? He got drafted. What, it was the 2019. He was this 2019 season was his rookie year. So it's like, it's not like he's been in the league for quite some time. This stuff going on already. <laughs> we talking about speculation about uh, him not, uh, him wanting out of Arizona. Clip the one they need to go. I told people that he shouldn't have got hired in the first place, but it's about who we already know. We're not even going to go into that 
type of topic. But it's like, come on, the man had a losing record at Texas Tech. You had Mahomes, and you were the Big Twelve. Like, how he get a job? You know what I mean? So it's like that's what I mean. So again, I, like, if I'm a college, like I said, I'm looking. I'm, the whole situation is let's see if somebody from Arizona, a teammate or something like that, comes out and defends Kyle. If they don't, then it's something to follow. Uh, and he, it's possible Arizona, but then then Arizona like a damn fool, man. Because if you trade what is potentially a franchise quarterback and Colin Murray, assuming he can get his leadership skills or whatever the case would be, they think whatever he's lacking, hopefully he can mature in that in that aspect. But if he does, and he goes somewhere else to see Arizona, you like a damn fool. Especially if you decide to trade him, and then you want to keep Cliff. Like, well, even if you decide to get rid of both, now you send your franchise back way like you were just in a bad situation. You know what I mean? So that's going to be an interesting story uh, to, to follow. You know what I mean? All I got to say about that is we'll see what happens as far as one of the teammates coming out to defend Kyler within the next couple of days to a week. If not, then it's definitely going to be something to, you know, pay attention to with, you know, Kyler Murray in the front office. You know what I mean? I'm not saying the front office is lying because I've been kind of got that whole uh, thing with Kyler, like especially after games and stuff like that. Or just, he just he rubs me the wrong way. I like him as a player in terms of watching him. He's very fantastic to watch. Um, entertaining. I think one of the most entertaining players to watch. You know what I mean? Just from throwing a football, just from running around, making stuff happen. He's an entertaining player to watch. And he's easy to root. I mean, he's um, he's fun to, you know, watch. But as far as, you know, this whole leadership skills and immaturity, yeah, bro, you're going to have to work on that. You know what I mean? Because obviously, yeah, you're still young, but Nobody want to keep. I said this about Simmons. Nobody want to keep hearing about the whole young stuff at once. At some point, you got to grow up. You know what I mean. You're a quarterback in the NFL, supposed to be the face of the franchise. You got to grow up at some point. You know what I mean. So, so and it's not like you're not a. Not, it's not like you're not around veterans in that in that locker room. JJ Watt is a veteran, one of the best leaders you could find. And Hopkins. all and and yeah, Hopkins, like with some of the best leaders. JJ Watt is one of my favorite human beings in the world in terms of what he did for. Uh, Hurricane Harvey in Houston and stuff like that, you know what I mean. So, I don't see how you can't you 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 can't these the, the players like you you run some veteran players, you know what I mean. So what's going on? What's what's up with the the whole at least speculation about the immaturity and the uh, the leadership? Okay, yeah, twenty. Okay, your rookie year coming in, I I, I understand certain things, but after that rookie year, you got to grow up in terms of just from a from a maturity standpoint and from a leadership standpoint. You got to grow up because everybody don't come into the league with, you know, great leadership skills or may not be the best maturity. But sometimes you go into that and that's going to be a question mark for him. And listen, I would love for him to come to the Giants, but you need to get that fixed first. You know what I mean? Like you need to get that ASAP. You know what I mean? So as far as the Carson Wentz situation, I agree with what everybody said. I, I tried to give hold out hope for Wentz when he got to the Colts and – and looked like early on, okay, it like he's found his footing. But I, I, it was crazy because before the season started, I think something he was hurt or something like that. He called COVID, you know what I mean? COVID is COVID, but it's like he got hurt or something like that. Here we go with this shit again, you know what I mean? So it's like he's just it's, it's either a, a, a tic tac injury with him. It's just always something with him. Like everybody said, you watch him play, and the turnovers is just like head scratching. Like the decision making is just terrible. I mean, it's like Kay said, 2017, he was the talk of the league. 33 touchdowns, seven picks. 
You know what I mean? Brady won it because obviously, you know, Winston finished off the year, but I think there's no doubt in my mind and Brady won it rightfully so. But if Winston would have finished off the year, they would have gave it to Wentz. He was the leader and be candidate at that point. But, you know, he missed the last two games and, you know, Brady was having an unbelievable season. They gave it to him. But ever since that Super Bowl, uh, like we said, ever since folks, he just, it's, Winston still believes that was supposed to be him. So I, like, he came out and said it after that Super Bowl that he said it, it was hard for him. He said he was trying to – I think he said something about praying to God that he won't have no type of jealousy uh, towards, you know, foes or whatever the case may be. But you can't – there's no doubt in my mind, man, that, that still – it hurts him. And, it's, and, it's, and like I said, I understand. We all understand why. But it's like, all right, bro, you played a good part in that. And, again, we talking from fans. We're not we, – we're not – we don't play for the Eagles. You know what I mean? But it's like – Bro, you still got a chance to really, you know, you may have a chance to, to rewrite your own legacy. You know what I mean? Or get there. And the fact that he's, you know, he's like this or whatever the case may be, or in terms of just from the turnover standpoint, just messed up mentally on the field. It's like, bro, you, I, I think Wentz got one more year. Like everybody said, the coach need to give him one more year. I definitely agree with what K said. You can't, don't get rid of him. What you going to release him for? You going to trade him away for a few, to never really get a free first round pick. So it's like, at this point, it's like, you can't get rid of him. You got to ride out with him for one more year, you know. But it's all, now you, it's, it's mentally, oh, he already messed up. Because now he already hear about the rumors about how the coach probably don't want him back. So you would already leave that out there already. So it's like, uh, the coach, man, like, mm-mm. You know what I mean? Like, Andrew Luck retiring, that really messed him up. I said that when it first started. I said, oh, my God. Like, when I first seen the news, I was like, this is going to set them back for a minute. You know what I mean? Like, so Wentz, he got one more year. Uh, and I'm sorry, he's not welcome to New York. I'm sorry. You can't come here. Uh, we don't want you. You know what I mean? Towards the end, he couldn't handle the Philly media, which is one of the roughest medias in all of America. You damn sure can't handle New York because we're even worse. So uh, <laughs> we, you know, now we might not. We now we might not do the whole like what Philly do to love hate like in terms of love you the next first day to. I don't think we do that, but we, we they're really probably that. worse than us with that. You know what I mean? But just in terms of just the media, it's, it's obviously the largest uh, media and market in America. So you you can't don't sit here thinking you're gonna come like they're gonna kill them. Giants fans, we already been through enough. So you come in here and gonna make it better. You know what I mean? So I'm sorry. Give me. I'd rather uh, I'd rather take DJ. What we got now to deal with that? You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Uh-huh. But you got the you got the New York Post, the Daily Times, like yeah, <laughs> you can't go nowhere. Yeah, they go follow radio. You. Yeah, they gonna be there. So that's what I'm saying. He could hide in North Jersey all he want to. They gonna still find you. You know what I mean? Because he was living in South Jersey when he was in, when he was with the Eagles. He had a home in South Jersey. He was Philly media was still find him. So yeah, oh, you know what oh I mean? that, that's for damn sure, Brandon. They're gonna they're gonna find him now. And now that this news has come out, man, like. There's no hiding for Carson Wentz. I, I didn't have the chance to say if they should keep, if the coach should keep him, because um, Big had to like, you know, he had to cut me short a little bit, but uh, no, no worries there. But I'm, I'm just gonna keep it brief. Yeah, don't. Sorry, trade brother. Him. Keep keep him for one more year. It'd be stupid to trade him if they did. If they did trade him or release him, then this the Colts are gonna be set back for many, many years. Uh, it's gonna set them back for many, many years. To, so keep him for at least one more year. See what they can do. If they can't do it, then go find a quarterback if they believe. Is an upgrade to Carson Wentz, but yeah, that's just, and one last that's thing before P- but... one last thing before PJ go. This is a few seconds. One last thing before PJ go on. 
I hope like a lot of people, like a lot of young quarterbacks that's coming out of college are just looking at, you know what I mean? I don't care how talented you are. You know what I mean? But if you have immaturity or you like leadership skills coming into the league, it's, you know what I mean? It's, you have to, like I said, it's going to come back to bite you at some point. So I understand everybody's not the best leader. Some people are even not meant to be leaders. Some people are meant to be followers. You know what I mean? So I just think that from a Kyler Murray standpoint, he has to get that fixed. And then Wentz, you got one more year, bro. I don't. You you better put in a lot of work in the offseason mentally. If you got to find a, what they said, you got to find some counseling. Just get better as a football player, as a quarterback. Um, I don't think his leadership skills wasn't that bad this year compared to what it was, in, you know, in Philly, what people were talking about. But just from a just turnovers, it's like you got to get it together, bro. He got one more year. <sighs> All right. Um, for me, uh, starting with Carson Wentz, I agree with um, everybody 100%. This is clearly a pride and um, confidence thing when it comes to Carson Wentz. I think he hasn't gotten over, um, and even with the fresh start that you've had in um, in New England, which I was totally, um, totally believing in that this was going to be a good situation, he really hasn't really um, lived up to the expectations that a, a lot of um, analysts that probably – um, had faith in Carson Wentz had with him uh, getting this team to playoff aspirations or even maybe a Super Bowl. I'm not going to throw stones at Carson Wentz unlike, unlike most people. I think he still has a lot left and more to prove. It stones, they need to throw a bus at that boy. It, it, it all depends on uh, it all depends on you now. The ball's literally in your court now. No more excuses. No more um, it, um, if, ands, isms, or schisms. This is all on you now because I still believe Carson Wentz is um, is a is a can be a great quarterback. And um, Mitch serviceable. Serviceable with Carson Wentz, I don't believe it. Uh, Mitch, next Mitch Trubisky, no, he can do way better with Carson. PJ, you gotta fix this, bro. You see, his points wasn't valid. You try to cover my points. God don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, oh, I, I had a, I had a phone, I, I had a phone call. My bad, my bad. But with uh, with Carson Wentz, he's um, I, I believe that he still has much more to prove. And if he comes in this season with a better mindset, and if he has to do some some soul searching and um, go into this off season a little bit differently, then do what you got to do. But if if or if if they do keep him or if they don't keep him, to say that this is going to set the Colts back with Chris Ballard as the general manager, with when Chris Ballard has been a consistent GM ever since he's gotten the position in um, the Colts and how well he orchestrates this team um, in the off seasons with their off season off season acquisitions and how well he drafts. 
quarterback's going to be the um the only issue, and it's and if we, if it's with Carson Wentz or not, that's going to be the de facto uh determine determining um uh, element that either pushes them or takes them a couple steps back. But I don't think this is going to hurt hurt them. Chris Ballard is going to always um uh put this team in good position to be a successful um, team every season. So um, if they do keep Carson Wentz, if they don't keep Carson Wentz, I still like their chances. Um, as for Kyler Murray, um, it's it's funny because it could be that um, this is just the, um, the, the organization blowing smoke or players have said these things but they just don't want to say it in front of Kyler because they know it might it might hurt him. It might hurt his feelings, or he might feel some type of way, which can go into his immaturity. Um, how you react to these? How how do you how do you, how do you, how do you, how do you react to the criticism of your teammates? Um, is important with you being the franchise quarterback of your team. So if he reacts to this in uh immature or a way of I need to readjust and maybe look things a little bit look at things a little bit clearly it's yet to be seen but like I think Brandon said if nobody comes at the defense of Kyler Murray then we know what's up and I think Kyler Murray does maybe need to look at um finding um greener pastures where that is I don't know. Um, it could be in um, Indianapolis. It could. Um, it could be in Tampa. You could look at. I'm. I'm not being biased when I say this, but with the Steelers, uh, with how Matt Canada yep. runs his offense, Kyler Murray would be lethal in this offense, and I wouldn't mind having Kyler Murray. I think. It was, with people connecting um, Malik Willis's name to the Steelers, which I think is crazy, I think you get. A, I think Kyler Murray's way better than Malik Willis, and I have Malik Willis as Kyler as a. I have Kyler Murray as a comparison um, to Malik Willis for Malik Willis. Um, that's his pro comp for me. But if you would put Kyler Murray in that offense in um, Matt Canada's second year as offensive coordinator, you're asking for trouble. And um, I went. I, and actually, the Colts and Steelers have had good history when it comes to uh, uh, when it comes to transactions and like um, off season and trades, free agency, and that sort of sense. But uh, yeah, Kyler Murray, if um, he's having some um, some leadership and immaturity problems, definitely has to do some soul searching as well. PJ, let me ask you a question, and then Saeed's going to bring some breaking some pertinent news to this Kyler Murray conversation, but you being a Steeler fan, let me pose this question to you. If this situation in Arizona eventually works itself to a point where both parties just can't be made happy and a trade had to be made. Listen, I am one of the biggest proponents of Mike Tomlin as a coach in the NFL as is out there. I think he is a phenomenal head coach. Your team 
has the eighth pick overall and is slated in every mock draft that I see to take Kenny Pritchard from Pitt. Now, with that number eight pick, Kyler Murray was a number one overall. So you might have, you would have to, you would oh, have yeah, to give up number, you would have to give up eight, and you may have to give up a one next year, or maybe they'll take a one and a two in this year's draft. If the Steelers decided to move that eight pick and and keep Arizona's head coach in Clint Kingsbury, and then put a Kenny Pickett with Arizona. Do you like the potential of Kyler Murray going to Pittsburgh? Because I think that gives Tomlin the 21st century quarterback that he so desperately craves right now in the NFL. He has, he, um, I've heard Chris Mortensen say he has come out and talked about how he wants a mobile quarterback. Kyler Murray is a lethal mobile quarterback like none other. Um, and if that were the case, like I said, with Matt Canada's offense, and I think in, with him going into year two with everybody um, now um, more honed in from the offensive side, if you add a Kyler Murray to that with the weapons that they'll get and obviously the way the Steelers draft um, with them always getting production out of their rookies um, within the season or years to come, you bring Kyler Murray into the mix. That's a good, good trade-off, and it keeps them like like um like Brandon's like me and Brandon talked about this. The Steelers aren't in a rebuild; they're not in a reload. They're in a transition. This is a transition um type season for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and they're still in a win now sort of um season. Sure. So if you get the right quarterback, um, Kyle, in in this case, Kyler Murray. I feel like they can continue to still stay in the loop in the AFC. And so, maybe so, oh, go, go ahead. Man. So if if no, the no. offer if the offer was if you were playing GM of the Steelers and there's nobody more appropriate to do this on the panel than you. If Arizona called up and said we want number 8 this year and we want your first round pick next year and I don't know how that would work out on the point system as far as a number one overall pick, how that would work out to the eighth pick value in the point system and what you would need next year. But if it was two number one picks this year and next year in the draft, do you make that move if you're the GM of the Steelers? You know, I, you know, I, they, they did it before with, um, with Mink, with, with, with grabbing Minka Fitzpatrick and it, and it proved to be um, beneficial so it's like having another first round pick. Um, right. Quite frankly, quite frankly, um, if they were to, add, if they were, I think they could, I think they could do it without a first round pick. To be, if you could swap first round picks, I think that, I think that'd be good. Quite, quite honestly, and then the Steelers could say, we'll give you a, a we'll swap first round picks. We'll give you maybe a second round pick next. A second, That's, maybe a fourth as well. Right. Um, the following year. Right. I take that deal. But but just just I wanna after I ask you this question, I wanna get to Saeed while we're still talking about Murray, and then we'll let you wrap up real fast with Carson Wentz. And then Kason and I have some really exciting news to break. But before I jump back to Saeed, 
That's not on the table. You're for the sake of this discussion, you're not going to be able to swap ones with them because you're a smart football fan. So is everybody on this panel. If the Steelers want Murray, they're going to have to give up eight. They're not Steelers aren't going to swap positions, no way, shape, or form. You're going to have to give up eight. And realistically, for the number one overall pick and what Kyler Murray has proven so far, you're going to have to give up a one next year. So if that's the structure of the deal, two number ones, and you just hit on it perfectly, that Mika Fitzpatrick trade was probably one of the best trades ever. Two number ones, do you take Murray onto Pittsburgh? Yes, sir. Beautiful. Now, Saeed, why don't you jump in with that the what news that you were mentioning to my friend yeah look um there was a video jj watt posted um about kyler murray not answering um his uh his phone calls uh this happened uh three days ago this is when kyler murray you know this is when the news became public that kyler murray had unfollowed the arizona cardinals um on the social media page so you know there's potential red flags there um, first part of it, yes, it's JJ Watt. So we'll see how this develops. But uh, um, so far, look, JJ Watt hasn't come out publicly recently in, in backing Kyler Murray. And JJ Watt, we all know he's very active. And he, he's, you know, when there's news about, you know, when there's when there's news about his team, like he, you best know he's going to tweet it, you know. And likewise, D Hop as well. So, you know, uh, that's something that I'll have to we'll have to wait and see. Like like myself, I said it uh, when I had my take on Kyler Murray and Brandon added it added to that point. Um, we'll see in a week or two if if nobody says anything then um, about it. Then it really is it's, it's going to be the alarm bells are just going to be through the roof uh, because you know uh, I mean teammate, listen the teammate's got to back you right when there's accusations um, against you. You know, teammates are going to back you. And if they don't back you, it says a lot about who you are. Because at the end of the day, the teammates, they know Kyler Murray inside the locker room. They know him personally, right? So the fact that no one's come out as of yet in the last 24 hours, um, we'll, we'll, like, we'll, we'll see. You know, we'll see as the week goes on. But, you know, that was something that happened three days ago with the whole J.J. Watt thing. Uh, in regards to, I just want to respond to P.J., um, saying that he would take Kyler Murray. I understand why he would. Um, yes, talent-wise, you know, he would be a, a massive upgrade. And I know, yes, the Steelers are not in a rebound. No, they're not. They, they've got pieces there to compete. They just need to transition from Ben Roethlisberger to try and find their next, you know, quarterback that can take this current uh, Steelers roster to, you know, to compete, you know, in the AFC, right? You know, Kyler Murray would be an upgrade, ta- upgrade talent-wise. But his leadership, his lack of maturity, all those rumors that have been percolating, PJ. Not saying that they're not saying that they're true right now, but there's just rumors. Um, do you think? Do you think Mike Tomlin and, and that Steelers front office, like, like they're gonna look into it? You know, do their due diligence on Kyler Murray a little bit because this is not the first time that those red flags have appeared. You know, not just now. This has happened in the pre-draft, uh, PJ. You know, and I know you talked about Malik Willis. I like the Malik Willis. If you guys get Malik Willis, that's actually a, a that's actually a good pick for you guys. I know this quarterback class. We've we've touched upon it on Cover Zero, PJ. But um, you know, I said Malik Willis has the highest upside of all the quarterbacks, and he 
he can really be a quarterback that can, you know, if he goes into the AFC, especially with Pittsburgh, the right situation, he's going to ball out. I really believe in Malik Willis' skill set, you know, um, probably even more so than Kenny Pickett in the long term. Even though Kenny Pickett's ready, he's, he's more NFL ready right now, like in terms of like he's ready to play day one based on what I saw this past season. But it, like in terms of the future, if you develop Malik Willis, he could be a great, great player. As long as those leadership, as long as everything's all good off the field. But uh, that's kind of just my little take on it. Um, PJ, you might want to respond to that with what I just said real quick. If I can, if I can um, Biggie. Yeah, absolutely. And Saeed, thank you for that news and thank you for doing that research. PJ, go ahead, my friend. And no worries, mate. Thank you. Hold on, PJ, before you before you go, I got a quick question for you. If Carson was if they release Carson Wicks, would you be interested in Carson Wicks? <laughs> I just wanna know. I just wanna know, because you don't gotta give up no picks. You seem pretty <laughs> high on them. if you if you're at Pittsburgh, if they listen to you. Would you go out and get Carson Wentz? Because you had good things to say about him. That's my question. That was killing me. I need to know an answer. That's a good yeah. question. Yeah. Because it, it's more – with Carson Wentz, it, it seems like it's more of a mental thing. Like, 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 like we all said, he's got, a, he's got a pride plus a confidence issue. Um, coming from his days with Philadelphia, it seems like he hasn't um um gotten over it. So, if he were to come to Pittsburgh, um, I would believe he would definitely um do better than what we already have with Rudolph and Dwayne Haskins. So I wouldn't mind it. And with with Kyler with Kyler Murray, look. I, I know what I'm getting with Kyler Murray. Immaturity and or leadership issues um, aside, you know what you're getting at, with Kyler Murray. With Malik Willis, he's like it's it's like you're playing Madden. He's got a hidden trait. It could be a bust or a superstar type. But you don't. But it's that, that only that trait be, um, be, becomes open over time. And I don't know if he is – I don't know if I believe in the hype of Malik Willis. He's, he's, a, he's electric. He's, he's, um, he, he's, a, he's a highlight reel, and he's all that. And duly noted, but he's very raw and he's very inconsistent. And he's inefficient and doesn't make good um, – Decisions throwing the football, sixty percent completion percentage, um, below actually below sixty per, below sixty five percent completion percentage in his past two years at Liberty, and I'm not liking that when it comes to the fran- for a franchise quarterback that I want, um, leading leading a team. Yeah, he's got the um. Got the electricness with his with his legs and being a dual threat mobile type quarterback, but you got to throw the football, and you and and you can throw it. We know you can make the throws, but can you be efficient and more consistent making those throws? And what he's been showing me, he can. So if you went with Malik Willis, I I go with Kenny Pickett, 
I, I, I have more confidence in Kenny Pickett and Matt Corral over um, Malik Willis because I, I believe they've been proving it a lot more than he has. That's okay, a great point. Wanna, is Kenny Pickett a biased answer? Because I don't like Kenny Pickett at all. And I watch probably as much college football as you do. I don't like Kenny Pickett. I'll take Corral. To be honest, I hate all of them. Even yeah, I'm not sold. Yeah, I'm not sold on this QB class. I've been finalist. Yeah. I'm not. Listen, I'm not sold on this. I get. Yeah, listen, I get it. Yes. He's my QB one. Who's a Heisman finalist? Like what? <laughs> well, he's kind of listen. Listen, right now. Yeah, Penny Pickett. Listen, in most mock drafts, he is QB one. But we're talking. Listen, this QB class isn't great. Okay. Like, no QB is going in the top five. The highest they could go is probably eight or nine, ten. And that could be either Kenny Pickett, Matt Corral, Malik Willis. It could be one of those three. For me, like, personally, I, I got Kenny Pickett as QB1 just because he probably has um, traits that, that you could have Re- in today's NFL. It's recency but bias. At the end of, it's not even the, the traits. Day, right? recency bias. Because no, no, it's not recency bias. To me, it's, it's not really high recency high. bias. Malik, Listen, I agree. We, Listen, one second. Case on, case on, case on. Case on. Hold on. <laughs> to me, I don't care which quarterback goes. I don't care. It's about what they can do in the NFL. Right? You know, well, I don't care where they go. Lamar, Lamar Jackson was picked 32nd, man. You know, and, you know, he's but probably like, him trade. and Josh Allen are like, him and Josh Allen are the best QBs. Josh, Josh Allen was the third QB taken but behind uh, Baker Mayfield and Sam Donald. I mean, listen, look, Even, I, for me, out of, all this, out of all these QBs, one second, Malik Willis has the highest upside. To me, he has superstar upside. Yeah, I, I would say so for Kenny Pickett. I think he could be a good NFL QB. I'd say he's, he's going to be a good NFL QB. I don't know if he's oh, going to be a star. star. But, you know... I'm saying right now, based on tool, you know, I, I think Kenny Pickett, you know, you know, he, you know, he's already, you know, got the traits. Whilst Malik Willis can be taught, you know, I, I'm telling you, whichever team gets Malik Willis, if he goes to the perfect situation, yeah, he's gonna be a superstar. Put him in the right situation and, and build a build, build the right way, building his skill set. He's gonna be a superstar, whatever you like it or not. Or not. I actually probably I... believe Malik Willis will be the best QB when it's all said and done. If you're gonna talk about this QB class, because I think three QBs are gonna go in the first round. I personally think I would like. I although it could be a fourth one, we'll see. But there's three surefire first round QBs. And that's Kenny Pickett, Matt Brown, Malik Willis. You know. But this QB class isn't anywhere near as last year's, and it's probably one of the weaker ones in the last few years. This is my thing. With the wait, QB. wait a minute. My, wait, my thing with out. the QB class is hold on, hold on. Let me get this over first. This is the thing with the QB class. None of these guys are first round picks. None of them. If we be completely honest and sit here, none of these teams should be drafting any of these guys in the first round. And I'm the biggest Malik Willis fan out of the panel. But it's the NFL, like, this storyline is like somebody's going to reach for a quarterback. I don't think yeah. Malik is a first-rounder. I don't think Malik Willis is a first-rounder. Matt Corral's not a first-rounder. And then everybody else is just guys. And guys that are going to be practice squad guys, guys that are going to be backups. This quarterback class is weak. If have I'm we watching, been watching the same college football season? This yeah, we, we have. We. No, because I need to get better glasses. If we're not watching the same season that I've been watching 
for the past. Where does he play? Where, where, where did Kenny weeks. Pickett play? Where did Kenny Pickett play football? What conference? ACC. ACC. And, Which isn't that me, good. Like, what, what's the Yeah, it's, the it's a weak of Power Five conference, to be fair. Wait a minute. The, yeah, Wait a second. The let's let's pump the brakes. Was it was it a weaker was it a weaker conference because the teams that are supposed to be up at the top weren't at the top PJ, what was the best? See? Who was the best? Who, that's who, why. Who, that's who, why you're biting the chip change, change your narrative. Who? who the, like Wake Forest, which is Wake Forest, which is never good in the ACC, had a really good season. Clemson, which is the cream of the top, cream of the crop when it comes to ACC, was trash. Florida State been trash for years. That that conference is not good at football anymore. It's the average conference. It's the Big Ten. It's the SEC. And that's it. I don't care about no. But that's ACC. not Pitt. Like, but that's not Pitt. But that's not Pitt and Kenny Pickett's fault that they actually had a good season and Clemson and Florida State never did this year. If Clemson Ooh, was good, they won we the ACC about? championship. If Clemson was With, good, would we be talking about Kenny Pickett right now? Let's be completely honest. No, they weren't. No, we wouldn't. No, they we wouldn't. We wouldn't. No, we wouldn't weren't. even know who Kenny Pickett was. We would be looking at him as a third, fourth round pick. We could agree to disagree, but a year ago, yeah, a year ago he would be a fourth, fifth round. That was pick. a year ago, though. But then, to be yeah, fair, though, really... Joe Burrow, wait, Joe Burrow would have been a fifth round pick had he entered uh, in twenty nineteen and ended up being the number one overall pick. So, you know, it can yeah, happen. Sometimes... I'm Kenny Pickett. Sometimes it can happen. Yeah, sometimes... I mean, Kenny Pickett had a great yeah, sometimes... season, which propelled him into a first round pick. Which I, I listen. You say there's no first round picks, case on. I think they are free. At the end of the day, teams are going to fall in love with the QB and they're going to take your QB in the first exactly. round. Exactly. Which is dangerous. Right. It's dangerous. It's dangerous. dangerous. Trust, well, trust me, it is. In this quarterback class? Yeah. By the way, Washington. in this quarterback class, I know not here, but Wicked, Wicked will tell you. Dan Snyder Hun- didn't know who he wanted. He he, he drafted Kirk Cousins and, and, and what you would call in the same damn draft. Case on, case on, case on. I don't disagree with you one bit, bro. Yeah, listen. I'm very shaky on this quarterback class. If I was a GM, let's say, if I was Denver, let's say Denver don't get Aaron Rodgers. Let's say Denver is in play for quarterback. Let's say they, let's say they just, you know, they 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 have the first pick between Kenny Pickett, Matt Corral, Malik Willis, Sam Howell, um, you know, uh, yeah, those guys, right? Like, let's say, um, like, I, if I was a GM, I, I would not know who to pick. Seriously. Like, last year, you would have an idea because... Obviously, Trevor Lawrence is number one. Then in number two is Zach Wilson and all Justin Fields at three, and then Trey Lance, Mac Jones. You know, there was there was a consistent rankings. This year, there is no real consensus because look, most mock drafts right now, yes, Kenny Pickett, but actually in the last, but that was okay, that was pre senior ball, but now it's actually balanced between Kenny Pickett, Malik Willis, and even Mac Crow. I've seen some mock drafts where they got put Mac Crow in QB number QB number one. So I like there is no surefire number one QB, and if I was a GM, let's say of the the Denver Broncos, yeah, like if I was George Payton, I have I would be shaking. I like this this pick is for the franchise in totality in the next four or five years, right? And I would not know. Like like you can make an argument for Kenny Pickett because Kenny Pickett probably, you know, is probably more ready to play now from the get go, whereas you know Matt Corral. 
you know, has probably a, a lot of intangibles that you like. Um, you know, some of the some of the intangibles that he has in his game that you like, but the only concern is durability. Whereas Malik Willis is a project, you know, who you might sit for a year, you know, develop some some, you know, develop and add to his game, you know. But you know that his here, upside is what? unreal. That like all these I'm quarterbacks, gonna, right, are different in their I'm own ways. But why? Why is the African American quarterback always the project? Like that's the thing. Like there's always the African American quarterback. Like it's not because he's African American. It's because he's <laughs> bro, consistent. Stop, stop, bro, stop. Why y'all going to this topic, man? Why y'all, y'all know how this topic is? Okay, so, okay, so, okay, so, man. Okay, so, I'm Malik Willis. I'm a Malik Willis believer, so. This is between you and PJ, guys. Lamar, they were saying Lamar was a project. That's what I keep saying. Like, every time as an African American, I would say, besides Cam and besides Mike Vick, Justin Fields. To be fair, he wasn't really a project. He He was ready to play from the get go. You know, no, I think they were saying Fields is a project. I think they did say Fields is a project. No, 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 no. See, Fields, Fields was ready to play. He wasn't a project. Fields was ready to play. Like it's just well, that, based off know, his play, he was right. No, he was. Nar- there was narratives about Justin Fields that made his draft uh, stop fall um, and stuff. What? But no, he was never a project. He was ready to play. Even the man played at, at Ohio State. You know, playing he played in the national championship, playing the big game. Well, I don't watch college football, so I, I don't really. <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm with you, yeah, there, but I, mean, I tell you, I tell you what though. Can you imagine what our shows are going to look like when we put together our draft shows, and PJ and Saeed are going to be like Mel Kiper and Todd McShay for those shows? <laughs> I can't believe that. That's going to be. We'll do. Listen, we got to have a little fun with that too. We could actually do like a draft day show as the drafts are being made, especially for the giant fans in the room. But listen, real quick, I just want to. I just want to make some announcements uh, for Phase One and for us as a team. Don't forget, guys. If everybody can make it, we have our first NBA Rock the Rim show tomorrow at eight twenty-five. Um, if that doesn't work well for everybody, just message Kason uh, or myself. We can always readjust the show time on that. Also, guys, um, I hadn't had a chance to run this by Kason, but since we're going to be getting into some more basketball stuff than we are football stuff, and we're all students and love the NFL, I was thinking about, and I already scheduled a show for it, uh, phase one doing kind of like an NFL history legends program. Uh, so we'll put the phase one spotlight on particular players in the NFL. So I temporarily set up a show for Sunday night, February 20th at, at about five to eight. Again, review that time and date. If you guys like it, the first player that we're going to do for the phase one series spotlight series on NFL legends will be Megatron. Um, and also we have our show tomorrow at 825. Just make sure that 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 works for everybody. And just for a little bit of announcement, Kason and I have been trying to work on and he and I have been talking about a little bit of a um, how can I word this a little bit of a sponsorship deal for phase one sports and the winery. This will potentially give us just a little bit of capital so that Kason can maybe get us on to if there's any other platforms or if we need some stuff to uh, sound edit the shows and just kind of 
tie things up because I got to say, this is a great panel and we have all grown tremendously. I, every show just sounds better and better. So Kason and I are close on sealing that deal. I think we just need a six pack of uh, Bud and a really good pizza, but we'll get together with all that. We got, we had some messages tonight. I'm sorry we didn't get to them all. Uh, Dan Rodrige, everybody else for listening. Awesome. Guys, how does the how does the NBA show work for everybody tomorrow? Yeah, man, I'm I'm on it, man. I'm good. on doing King, that. You good for tomorrow, King? Yeah, I should be good for tomorrow. Um, it's eight o'clock your time, right? You guys are two hours ahead of me. So yeah, six o'clock. Yeah, I should be good. Okay, well, if it needs to change, if it needs to change, just uh, just just message us, a- any of us, and uh, we could make all the adjustments for it. Um, this is just great, guys. We're gonna be doing a lot of fun programming. Oh, come on, be- Nick Stam. I'm sorry. Big <laughs> What's the score, Damn. B? What's the score, uh, B? No, no, they're winning 110, 106, but the, the free throws, man, the missed free throws, they got to stop. They up 110 wins. We cannot lose to OKC at home. Like this is ridiculous, man. Like. We lose this game. Thibs got to go. Thibs got to go. I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait for us to get into the NBA. This is going to be just, this is just going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. Y'all think I'm vicious in football? That's my forte. Y'all better come with y'all homework. Now, my forte is the NBA. That's my forte, too. Listen, I'm going to call people out on the BS. Come with facts. And I want to sit here and say this now too before we before we get to the thing. Anybody that think anybody that think that uh Philly won that trade, I don't know what they're thinking. They looking at something else because right, me Brooklyn facts. won that trade. Facts. All I'm not. I, I'm a. I'm a. I love NBA, and I'm a fairly knowledgeable fan. But I'm gonna learn so much from you guys. I mean, if anything, I'll raise some interesting questions, which is all I hope to do. Um, everybody, thank you for listening. Whether you're listening to us on Spotify or listening to us on uh, Apple, just look for Phase One Sports. Look for all of our new programming in the months to come. Just keep an eye on all of us. Follow PJ, follow Brandon, follow Saeed, follow King, follow Kason, follow Regis, follow Dan Rod for all of our listeners. Hey, guys, thank you so much. It was a phenomenal way for us to close out this NFL season after a great Super Bowl. Awesome to do a last kind of final cap and redo of what this season looked like and what that game was like last night so i'll see you guys all tomorrow uh if anybody needs to change the show just message me thank you for listening to phase one sports where we try to bring you all of the sports news with our personal opinions and touch remember spotify remember apple remember phase one sports everybody rock on stay warm be safe god bless and peace out